Hey, just wanted to mention a few things before I start the podcast. Number one, my cat just jumped on my table. Number two, Craig Clifton, we answered your Walking Dead question. It's going to be at the end of the episode uh, after the closing uh, music. So definitely check that out. Uh, I also wanted to mention that uh, if you go to www.popcultureleftovers.com, there's an article right now by David Griffin about Vertigo's new book, Coffin Hill. So check out that article and check out our other reviews on the website. And lastly, I just wanted to wish all of our listeners and everyone out there a happy and safe Halloween. You guys are awesome. Thank you for all your contribution on our Facebook, on Twitter, uh, for all the emails that you send us. Uh, and, and for the reviews on iTunes, a lot of those are fantastic and we appreciate it. We can't do this without you guys. You guys are awesome. The best thing that I can ask from you is just to tell your friends if they're into this kind of stuff to listen to our show and give us a chance. Uh, I, I want this show to grow and continue to grow and it's only possible through the awesome listeners that we have. So thanks a lot. I mean that sincerely. All right, everybody. Have a ha- happy and safe Halloween. Guess what? Corey Haim and Corey Feldman are giving out their personal numbers. If you call one 900 909 700, you can listen to their private phone messages and get their personal number where you can leave them a message of your own. $2 the first minute, 45 cents each additional minute. Ask your parents before you call. 1-900-909-3700. If you call me right now, I'll give you my private number. Um, you call that number and you'll hear a recording and I'll give you my personal number if you call that. Um, and we'll wrap. Are you a good kisser? Yeah, I think I'm a, I think I'm a good kisser. I think um, from what I've heard from what I've been told the feedback I've gotten is you're a great kisser you're a good kisser you kiss good call 1-900-909-3300 and hear straight from Corey $2 for the first minute 45 cents for a traditional minute call 1-900-909-3300 call me 1-900-909-3300 it's very important I have a lot to tell you guys please call me episode 26 there's already like 7 million podcasts talking It's a trap. Gonna toss it, gonna taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture, pushovers, pop culture. Leftovers. And the uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Are, are, are you ready for the only podcast hotter than a human torch? It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jason. I'm Jake. And we're and the motherfucking leftovers. leftovers. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Hey, it's good to be back. You know, shit, we didn't really record an episode last Sunday, but uh, it's good to be back. I'm glad we're doing this. I, I miss talking to you guys. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> Except for you, Jake. Fuck you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. That was for Andrew Peck. Andrew Peck was like, "Why haven't Brian? Why haven't you given like anybody a fuck you in a while?" And I told Andrew, I was like, "Listen, dude. I was like, we've been getting along the last few weeks." You know, <laughs> that shit won't last. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. There's, there's going to be something that I like that you fucking hate or something that you like and I fucking hate. And then I'm going to be like, fuck you, Jake. 
<laughs> There's going to be another Man of Steel moment, right? Am I right? Oh, definitely. That shit's going to happen. Just wait for Man of Steel 2. Oh, <laughs> you son of a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. 2015. And you know what? Actually, I might be joining you on that one after the uh, Ben Affleck casting. I might be joining you on that one. Yeah. So. Yeah, me too. You, yeah. I'm not saying you're right about the first one, but the second one, maybe. For right. Sure. Yeah. Don't even get me started. No, on no, the first you're, movie. no, you're, a, <laughs> you're a close minded prick on the first one. So fuck <laughs> You have no soul. <laughs> hey, what if I told you I stopped, I, if, that I didn't hit record? Oh, shit. Aww. I'm just kidding. I'm fucking with you. Let's keep going. <laughs> I'm out of here. Uh-huh. I quit. So um, oh, I give that Joker Tupperware. I'm not even, thank you. I'm not even going to ask you guys about your weeks because I don't want to be depressed. <laughs> That's a good idea. So, yeah, exactly. So I'm going to tell was you. Your, how was your week? You know what? Mine was fantastic. That's um, good. Not really, good. but it was okay. Um, <laughs> me, me and the girlfriend, we went to see the uh, Rift Tracks live, and it's so fucking cool hearing from like all of our listeners. Like I've been talking about this Rift Tracks live, and all of our listeners that are going to these things now. Yeah, that was cool. Was that Night of the Living Dead? It was Night of the Living Dead, and uh, Joe, and it was a one night only thing because like they did the Starship Troopers, Starship Troopers. They brought it back the next week and let people that didn't see it they recast, they replayed it. Um, it wasn't live when they replayed it, of course, but still. I mean, the uh, Joey Matras, who's on our Facebook all the time, he he went and watched the event as well as Ryan Kraft and his two brothers were watching in Denton, Texas. Awesome. So, Rift Tracks needs to cut you a check. No shit. <laughs> no shit. So anyway, went and saw Night of the Living Dead. It was fucking great. Uh, there was a scene where all the zombies are walking up to the house that the humans, they have boarded up. You've seen Night of the Living Dead. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. One, of, one of the zombie chicks was naked, and they say, she's not a zombie. She's here to party. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. And, now, now was that at the uh, drive-through? No, 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 that- no, no. That's there's uh, there's AMC theaters in Springfield, and uh, they host these. Uh, they're called uh, Fathom Events. Okay. And this, actually, the drive-through they're open from April, and then they close like the beginning of September. Which they shouldn't have closed in September. It was beautiful weather here in Central Illinois in September. I mean, yeah, it was awesome for yeah, September. Exactly. Now, Rift Tracks is coming back December fifth uh, to uh, Fathom Events. Uh, Santa Claus Conquers the Martians is the next movie. No, I've never seen that. (laughs) Now, when guys, you're not going to believe this, but when I left the theater, and I swear to you, okay, you know these guys from Rift Tracks are the guys from Mystery Science Theater Three, Mystery Science Theater Three Thousand. Right. When I left the theater and we pulled out, there was a vehicle in front of us, and the license plate said T Servo Three. Shit. Oh, shit. Tom Servo. I could not believe it. That's a cool fan. That is a cool oh, yeah. fan. So, yeah, Tom Servo was always – I don't know. Who do, who is your favorite, Tom Servo or Crow? Uh, God, that's like Beavis and Butthead. Um, I'd say Tom Servo always cracked me up. He was the one where I would just like laugh out loud. Right. You know? Yeah, Servo for me too. Yeah, Servo I, was the wittiest. I love the character design of Servo, but I always like Crow just doing nonsensical shit. Like, just doing stuff that he should not be doing. Right, and he then, was kind of more off yeah, the wall. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Uh, Fuck, I, man, I love that show. Dude, I love <laughs> it. Great. And the movie, I own the movie on DVD. 
I love the movie. Yeah, yeah. They sh- it's it's one of those things. Like if people didn't get it, it's it's one of those kind of like awkward movies almost for people that didn't see it, and didn't understand it. But right, fuck man, I love breaking it out by myself and just watching that every once in a while. Yeah, yeah. It's just a shame that the uh, there's like the DVDs are so expensive because they did play two hour movies, so it's not like you can like buy a whole season. Right. Because, like, each movie is a movie that was, like, an hour to an hour and a half. Yeah. Ugh. But, uh, man, if I could have the whole collection, even the old Joel Hodgson episodes, I, oh, I'd flip out. Maybe in the future they'll repackage that stuff and put it out for you. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, they did repackage, like, the Mitchell uh, movie. And, yeah. Because uh, that was expensive, way expensive before if you tried to buy, like, one of the old DVDs because they stopped printing them. They stopped making them. Right. Um, but, uh at the end of the movie, I'm talking to my girlfriend. We just seen a zombie movie, and you know, I'm thinking, you know, like, uh, you know, the, like George A. Romero. This is where it all started and shit. Like, mm-hmm. you, you know, and you know, I was thinking, you know, what movies are hot right now? Zombie movies are hot. Okay, what yeah. uh, what other kind of movie is still kind of like working with movie audiences? Okay, found footage. Why the yeah. fuck hasn't Hollywood – and I'm not saying I'm condoning this. I don't think it would be a good movie, but I think it would make bank. Why the fuck hasn't Hollywood made a found footage zombie film? It'd be easy, man. Yeah, yeah. Give it time. <laughs> yeah, it'd be, it'd be – man, that'd be really cool. I, I, That's what I want to see and that's what I like, like about Walking Dead is I'm, the see, realism. I'm not even know? saying that it would be a good idea to do a found footage zombie film. Maybe, it, Maybe like this would be like – you know, like they could take like, you know, like because we didn't get to see the zombie outbreak when it first happened in, yeah. you know, Walking Dead. It's like, OK, we're, we're going off based off of Rick's memories. We're just like, bam, the, it's been going on for three weeks. Rick's been in a coma. Yeah. We wake up and it's a zombie apocalypse. He wakes up. We're in the zombie apocalypse with him. OK. Right. This like a found footage zombie movie would just be like. Shit, dude, we can watch this shit happening. Like, you know, just so, like a family, you know, recording like their kid's birthday out in the front lawn, and all of a sudden somebody just starts walking down the street like a fucking zombie, comes over and starts eating dad. You yeah. Know? <laughs> and then people drop cameras and start running. You know what I mean? But right. Hollywood has not, have if they have, if it has been done, it's been done like an indie film, and it hasn't gotten exposure. It hasn't been done right. Yeah, but I'm so surprised yeah, I mean, Hollywood like, hasn't done it because P- Paranormal Activity, those movies are crap, but they're yeah. still fucking making millions of dollars. Right. I love those movies. <laughs> well, 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 people want them. It's not that it, it's that the movie itself didn't perform, or it wasn't what people really wanted. But people do want that. So yeah. if you can do it right, yeah. And it'd be cool. Like with zombies, you could even go back to like I mean, there's like native cultures and. You know, Zimbabwe, or I don't know, I'm probably getting that wrong, but native cultures on these outlying islands that actually practice that kind of stuff, or like really, you know, kind of believe in that. And they could like do that, have these group of people go to one of these weird islands, you know, where there's still natives and have kind of this zombie element going on. Well, I I just want something like in, like, you know, this, like, uh, middle America, suburbs. You know, mm-hmm. just like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, white picket fences. Like, they're here. Something I can relate to. Like, bam, they're on my front lawn. Like, yeah. Holy just, shit. Like, Shaun of the Dead minus the comedy minus, you know, just just throw me into found footage. Like, m- like paranormal activity made, like, okay, 
it costs five million dollars to make paranormal activity movies. Yeah. Each one of those yeah. is like five million dollars to make, but they make like a hundred million dollars. Right, it's like Blair Witch. Exactly thirty. What, yeah, how much did that cost? Like thirty thousand. This is re- it was nothing. It was yeah. nothing. And I would want the makeup to be good, though. I'd want them to spend a little bit more in the found footage zombie movie. Oh yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. It have to be really good makeup, and ha- it, I don't. I don't want it to look exactly like Walking Dead, but somewhere along the lines of that, I wouldn't be upset. You know. Yeah, that's pretty pretty good yeah. as far as the makeup goes. This is a little bit off topic, but do you think we'll see a little bit of the outbreak in the Walking Dead spinoff? You know, the Rick, the original series starts the three weeks after. Do you think maybe the spinoff will give us a little bit of that original outbreak time? I don't know if they're going to go back that far. It's going to start like after the fact? I think that they might have it be like the same time period as – you know, like Rick and the gang, because I think eventually they're going to want to see these two merge somewhere. I, I, I'm thinking expanded universe. They're eventually going to merge. I, I don't gotcha. want them to, or even cross paths. Some crossover craze is what yeah. you're saying. It's yeah. It's all crossover craze now, man. It's like everything's crossover craze. It's kind of ridiculous, honestly. It, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I don't think we really need another, part of that right now i i, I want to stick with what they have but that, i would be excited about that if the spinoff would start at the outbreak instead of just being concurrent with the original series i don't think they want to give too much away though they've had hints of what happened at the beginning of the whole thing but i don't think they're willing to give that away right now you know that's going to be later on i'm just scared that it's not so much about them not wanting to give it away as it is they haven't written it in stone even how it went down right yeah it's right. possible too yeah yeah who knows so um we haven't had a contest on the show in a while right guys no yeah okay. we need one i've got a new contest okay awesome at the end of the show it's been kind of awkward for us because we don't have like an end of the show catchphrase <laughs> we just kind of end it like jackasses like all right guess we're done. and we're out <laughs> yeah and so like at the end of the show, um, like you know, we could I I would want us to say something like so until next week to be continued or until next week we're vapor and or you know that's not what I want but so right. we're looking to our listeners to help us with an end of the show catchphrase and awesome it's a great idea and if we like yours we'll use it at the end of the show just send your submissions to popcultureleftovers at gmail with the subject catchphrase we'll read we'll read the winner on episode 30 and we'll send you a free print from artist sean hamilton at creating studios we'll contact you for your shipping address now i understand like okay with any contest people send in their little submissions and everybody thinks theirs is the best and then all of a sudden like you're waiting to hear if you won and then you didn't. And then you're like, right. man, those motherfuckers, that's better than the one they picked. <laughs> Dude, mine was awesome, okay? And then you're going to get upset. And I don't want you to get upset at us. We're just going to try to pick the best one that fits our show. It's not to like, hurt anybody's feelings. We, you know what? We appreciate your submissions, and it will give us something to think about. It will be more fun the more we get. But we are going to ultimately pick the one that we decide on. Yeah. Right? And maybe, yeah, maybe we'll look to you down the road if you had something really cool, too. So, 
Yeah, don't feel bad about it. Right, exactly. We're not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, and I'm sure we're going to like all the submissions, but uh, we eventually, you know, we have to pick one. So we're going to try to pick the best one that we like. We're not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. <laughs> I'm excited to uh, see what the listeners come up with. And yeah, they ought to too. get pretty creative with that. Right. I thought to myself, we don't have an end of the show catchphrase. It's like, I want our listeners to find one for us. Yeah, I so, like it. Yeah. So, all right. Once again, send your submissions to popcultureleftovers at gmail.com with the subject catchphrase. And then, on, again, on episode 30, we'll uh, announce the winner. And then whoever you are, we'll send you a free print from artist Sean Hamilton at Creating Studios. And then we'll contact you for your shipping address. So, And you'll be immortalized on Pop Culture Leftovers. <laughs> wow. What an accomplishment. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! Ooh. Just got chills there. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. The blood rush to my penis. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm getting tingly. Oh man, I don't know. I don't know if that's if, if that's the emotion I'm feeling right now or the tegrin that I'm using in my hair. It's just <laughs> I got that tegrin tingle. Uh, you'll get that if you're old. Now, um, let's see here. I watched today. I watched uh, superheroes, a never-ending battle on PBS. Did- I wanted to see that. How was that? Excellent. Uh, it was uh, when they first aired it. It was a three-hour series. They just aired all three hours of it, and after like the first night, what they did is they broke down each hour into episodes, and then you'd watch them individually. But I, I recorded them all three together, and they kind of had it broken down into Bronze Age, Silver Age for the next episode, and then uh, bron- no, excuse me, Golden Age, then Silver Age, then Bronze and Modern Age. And it had appearances by uh, Stan Lee, Mark Wade, Todd McFarlane, Grant Morrison, Jeff Johns, Jim Lee, and it goes on and on and on. I, wow. Um, you know, yeah. the, Alan, uh, uh, Alan Moore, uh, they even had, you know, Frank Miller. I mean, it was just, Fuck. it was great. I, I watched all three hours today. Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. If, if PBS is still showing it, it's called Superheroes, A Never-Ending Battle. Watch it. It is so good. And uh, every, I think everybody that contributed to it had something really good to add to it. Uh, a lot of things Mark about Mark Wade that I had never learned before. Even a lot of stuff from the golden age that I had never heard before, you know, uh, learned a lot about Jerry Siegel and, uh, Jerry Schuster, mm. the, you know, the creators of Superman and, yeah. and, uh, a lot of stuff from even the Silver Age that I'd never known before. And they, you know, they, they gave credit to, you know, Steve Ditko and Jack Kirby and, you know, all the legends. And there was even interviews with, uh, Joe Kubert and it was, it was awesome. You guys need wow. to watch this. If you're, if you're a fan of comic books, you need to watch this. And at the end, they talked about, you know, that, Comic books are the lifeline of superheroes. If they stop making comic books, these stories are eventually going to run out and we're not going to have these superhero movies. So go out there, read the comic books. Most of the time, they're better than the movie anyway. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Man, that's a scary notion that they're going to run out. But yeah, keep them alive. Read those books. I mean, they're they're so good these days. I mean, I'll admit it on the air. I'm 34 years old. And I got out of comics, you know, like kind of in my mid twenties, and uh, I was really big into them. Of course, like you know, like middle school up to high school, I was still reading comics. But it's they're still like really intriguing, and sometimes even mind blowing. With like, I mean, for example, Children of the Atom, the X Men has been just 
unbelievably cool. So there's there's still really good stories out there, and it's a it's a, it's a good thing to collect and just a you know a good thing to read. So yeah, definitely keep it alive. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, and it was a great special, so I definitely urge everybody to watch it. And they didn't just talk about comic books either. They did talk about the movies. And, and uh, I mean, they talked about, man, they talked about, uh, you know, the first uh, uh, minority comic books. Um, you know, they talked about the uh, Green Arrow, Green Lantern team up. And wow. what a landmark issue that was. Yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, man, it was so good. It was so good. They talked, you know. They talked. They talked about uh, you know the first gay characters in comic books. You know, uh, North Star, and then it was just amazing. You guys really need to watch this. It was really good. Yeah, I heard Mark Wade was really good on that. He really knows his shit. Yes, he does. He does. Mark Wade is fantastic. And did you guys hear this week that uh, Daredevil thirty six is the final issue with Mark Wade and uh, Chris Samney's run? Oh, that's horrible. Damn. I know. It has been so good. And I was just wow. like, as soon as I read that, I was just heartbroken. Like, and I wanted that to go two hundred issues. No shit, dude. That could have gone on uh, as long as they wanted it to go on, and I would have um, been happy. I wanted like a Peter David like Hulk run on that. I really yeah. kind of expected it, to be honest with you. Yeah, and you know, it's like they said, all good things must come to an end. But man, it's it's a little premature, if you ask me. That they, they did reveal the um, cover to the final issue. And uh, I don't know if you guys have been following it, but I mean, you know, Foggy's got cancer right now. Right. And uh, it may end with Foggy dying. I don't know. Wow. So it's Damn. it's been really good. Um, I watched uh, Dracula this week. Did anybody watch it? <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you real quick, but Foggy did need to lose some weight. So. Oh, Jake. Jake. <laughs> Uh, Bad tact. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're the kids in the hall, you should be not using cancer jokes. <laughs> yeah, no cancer jokes. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> I hope that's your sign. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Yeah. I watched... Uh, yeah, thanks for interrupting Dracula for that fucking comment. <laughs> Gosh. Anyway, I watched Dracula this week. Did anybody get a chance to watch Dracula on Friday? Did not. No. God, uh-uh. You guys are fucking worthless. <laughs> Pretty close to, yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, That's I'm just going to call this the Brian Show <laughs> from now on. Uh, it's going to be called Brian and Two Guys That Sit There. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fucking Probably with you. I'm, uh, don't take this personally. Let's, no. I'm just no. fucking with you. I know you guys... Yeah, oh wait, wait! Before what? you continue, yeah. I wanted to thank you. I don't, I don't know if most listeners know this, but Brian does all the intros, and every week, you know, he's got to come up with something new, and he spends a lot of time on these. So I just wanted to, you know, thank you for doing that, and, I, and just give you recognition because I, I, I personally love the intros when we're like listening back later on. So, um, but yeah, just a little tidbit for people out there. It's, it's a cool thing that you do. Oh, well, thank you. Hold on. I got to get a crowbar. I got to peel your lips off my ass. <laughs> no, but thanks, dude. That means a lot. Cause like, uh, 
You're right. I get I get no recognition. So yeah, I mean we, we get to we get to listen to them before we start. It's always a good thing. So I just wanted to thank you for that. No, dude, I, that means a lot, and I didn't mean to uh, take away from that. But thank you. That's that means oh, yeah. a lot. It really does mean a lot. I, I some of the intros, uh, you know, like the Pacific Rim one, that took me close to two three hours to make, and yeah. some of these take a while to make to cut and clip and everything. So I appreciate it, guys. Yeah, the Nick Cage intro is still legendary. Yeah, oh. yeah, I love the Nick Cage. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, All right, back to Dracula. Yeah, back to Dracula. I watched it, um, and uh, it's uh, what's the dude's name? Jonathan Reese Myers, or what's his name? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah, uh, the first fifteen minutes of the show was really good. Oh my god, I was like sucked in. And, uh, no pun intended. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, but after that, it got a little too busy, and um, I don't know. It needed to kind of slow down a little bit. It's still good uh, visually; it's great. Um, they, I can tell, they put a lot of attention to detail and the time period that they're in. Uh, the budget for this thing—it's got to be pretty big. Um, but it's it's good. I'm going to give it a taste. It. I'm going to give it a few more episodes. Hopefully, I'll want to stay on. Uh, but I give it a taste. It for right now. Um, and uh, I don't know if it's something that I'm going to keep watching or if it's going to be something that I drop. If it's something that I will that I drop, I'll let you guys know about it. One thing that I am continuing to watch uh, is on the CW. It's The Tomorrow People. I'm still enjoying that show. Um, watched the second episode actually right before we recorded. And I am still enjoying The Tomorrow People. It was that show that I told you about with uh, Robbie Amell. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, can, can I ask you something about Dracula real quick? I heard it was one of the most graphic shows on cable television on a network. Uh, you know what? It's hard to see. You're talking to a guy that watches True Blood every week. Yeah, so, well, I mean that's HBO. Though. I know, I know, and I, I know. And um, yeah, there was blood. I mean, at the beginning there was blood, and pretty much like when he, I, I saw him attack people. It was just like you'd see like a blood splatter. You know, here and there. Okay. I didn't think it was that graphic, honestly. Maybe I'm just numb to that kind of stuff. Gotcha. You yeah, know? watch Walking Dead and all that stuff, too. Exactly. So. You know, it's, yeah, I guess for network television, I guess. I don't know. It didn't, still didn't shock me. I mean, it was, it was, it was def- back to the show, it was definitely a taste it. But I didn't think it, like you said in a couple podcasts ago, like it, it pushes the limits of television. I don't think we're quite there yet. Maybe later on down the road. I don't think they wanted to maybe turn off people that might right. just get grossed out by that kind of stuff at first. Maybe they just kind of wanted to give them a soft intro, and maybe they'll get a little bit more hardcore as we go along. Because I wasn't too, like, I don't know, too gored out on this first episode, to be honest with you. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, tomorrow, uh, tomorrow, tomorrow People continues to be a really good show. Uh, I've really been enjoying this. Um, it, it kind of reminds me, like after watching this last episode, the second episode, it kind of reminds me of like X Men, like as far as like you know, you've got like these government agencies, these different agencies hunting down these Tomorrow people, trying to get rid of them. Uh, right. Kind of like you know, uh, you know, the government trying to get rid of the mutants with Sentinels, but then also it's like you've got like these people finding out that they've got these powers. So it kind of reminded me of like. X-Men meets the movie Chronicle. Yeah, and, just just kind of like an evolution of human beings. Yeah, yeah. And like this week they found like their first like super villain. 
And, oh shit! Uh, it was really cool how like the supervillain, like I told you, like they have the power of a tele- of teleportation, uh, telekinesis, and telepathy. And like the supervillain was like in a bank, acting like he was the one, like one of the um, people being held up in a bank robbery. And he's just like a you know somebody in the bank that's watching this bank robbery go down. When in all actuality, he's like controlling the security guard at the bank <laughs> to rob the place. Awesome. The whole time he's making the security guard do what he's doing, hold a gun to these people, take the money, and the security guard saying things against his will and crying at the same time. Wow. Because he's holding up people he knows in the bank. It was fucking good. It was a really good episode. This is a strong show so far. So give it a chance. It's on. Uh, it comes on right after Arrow on Wednesday nights on the CW. It's not um, surprising that it reminds you of X-Men. Um, the Tomorrow People is actually the name of the first storyline from Ultimate X-Men. Oh, yeah. Nice. That's right. Nice. Yep. Very cool. Very cool. Um, so, yeah, definitely watch that show. I think you guys would like it, too. Um, have you? sure. Uh, let's see here. Where am I? All right. Yeah, I wanted Decatur. to bring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not literally, you fucktard. <laughs> Has, you asshole! <laughs> you asshole! Show's over. <laughs> I'm pulling the plugs. Oh man, um, have you guys? Uh, has this ever happened to you? Your favorite show? Let's say it's The Walking Dead. It's on yeah. Sunday night, but you're out with friends, or maybe you're away from your TV and you can't watch it. You're working something, anything, but you log on to Twitter and Facebook and you read, "I can't believe Daryl died." Yeah, oh, I fucking hate that shit. Spoilers. Yeah, exactly. They're all over the place. They're part of our social media now, and they're all over, whether it be Walking Dead, whether it be Breaking Bad, whatever. We've all been spoiled with shit, even movies. You know, Uh, There's that one asshole that comes out of the theater and says, man, I can't believe Bruce Willis was dead the whole time. (laughs) Some fucker has to be the first troll, you know? That's like their goal. Exactly. And uh, now there's a new Google Chrome app. It's called Unspoiler. That lets you avoid any spoilers on the web. Nice. Uh, you can block headlines and feeds all about all of your favorite shows until you're all caught up. All you need to do is type in your keywords or TV show and all the content and headlines involving said show will be replaced by a spoily- spoiler warning label. Fucking Google, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Or just don't go on Facebook or Twitter until you're done watching your or show. Or Tumblr <laughs> yeah. or Instagram. I, yeah. Honestly, guys, I don't even hardly get on my personal uh, Facebook page anymore and post anything. I just yeah, it's, it's too much sometimes. Yeah. yeah. It's, it, sometimes, sometimes you just say something on Facebook and then people have to correct you. They just feel the need to. And then you've got, <laughs> you've got your grammar Nazis out there. You can't spell like this and spell like that. And your grandmas. Yeah. You didn't use the right form of your. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? You're an asshole. So go fuck it. Why, Y-O-R-E, your, like olden times your. Yeah. Yeah. Assholes of yore. <laughs> hey, guys, my girlfriend's calling me. You want me to answer the whole phone real quick? Yes. Hold yeah, on. put her on. Here we go. I am. <laughs> Hello? Okay. You're on the podcast, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Silence. <laughs> what? 
No, you do not sound like a dead person, but you are on the podcast. <laughs> can I can I call you when we break? Yeah. All right. I love you. All right, bye. Aw. <laughs> All right. So uh, I didn't want to break up our little conversation we were having there. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, I'll call her when we take our first break. Um, I don't know about you guys. I'm usually not excited for um, comedies. Uh that come out in theaters no um, i'm yeah. the same way i'm real picky on my comedies yes anchorman 2 the legend continues though hits theaters december 20th yes and i found out it reunites will ferrell with like all the cast members i, I thought it was just paul rudd david keckner steve carell christina applegate's back i didn't know she was back oh shit yeah no i didn't either uh-uh. you know i knew she was doing that live read that we talked about but i didn't know she was actually back for the sequel um, wow but in honor of the new Anchorman film, Ben & Jerry's is releasing a new flavor of ice cream called Ron Burgundy Scotchy Scotch Scotch. <laughs> Sweet. Here, they have a synopsis of the flavor. Um, we don't know how to put this, but this flavor is kind of a big deal. <laughs> Discovered by the Germans in 1904, they named it Scotchy Scotch Scotch. Scholars maintain that the translation was lost hundreds of years ago. Stay classy from all of us at Ben & Jerry's. Now, the new flavor is a creamy concoction of butterscotch ice cream with ribbons of butterscotch squirrel. Oh, boy. That sounds good. I love Yummy. butterscotch. Yeah. Woo. Yeah, I just hope that, you know, your grandma doesn't keep this in her purse. To- <laughs> <laughs> it's rock solid. Something about, something about old people and butterscotch candies. <laughs> Oh, man. I love it. Yeah, that's great. Um, let's see here. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to Anchorman 2. I, I hope it lives up to the original. So Yeah, was was there something about them doing like a whole other movie yeah. with different jokes? Yeah, I guess they're going to release like this theatrical version, and then they said they could release another version with all the outtakes that they had. Oh. Man. With over Those out, their outtakes are great as is. Yeah. Just them ad libbing. They said they could do like a whole other movie with another like with they said like a hundred new jokes. With, awesome. with all like the, <laughs> Yeah, with the stuff that ended up on the cutting room floor, they can actually use it. So kind of cool. blows my mind that that might be something that they do. And uh you know, depending on how good this next movie is, they might just do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They I think be, they said they would, yeah, for yeah. sure. It could be kind of like, you know, when Jackass makes a movie, they've got, like, Jackass, you know, like, when Jackass 2 came out, they had, like, a Jackass 2.5 that showed all the cutting, right. cutting room floor shit. Yeah. So. Uh, awesome. S- speaking of which, I still need to see Bad Grandpa. That movie fucking looks great. Yeah, damn it. I keep forgetting about that one, but yeah. god damn. I yeah, think he's always, I fucking love Johnny Knoxville, the whole it, crew. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. You know, I don't know if they're going to do another Jackass movie because of the whole Ryan Dunn thing, though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Now, um, Jackass finally beat uh, Gravity, so <laughs> yeah, it did. Fine. No, uh, Bad Grandpa beat Gravity. Ba- Gra- did it really? Yeah, dude. I'm not fucking with oh, you. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah, Bad Grandpa <laughs> uh, knocked off Gravity, so Gravity was number one for three weeks, and Bad Grandpa knocked it down. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I thought you were joking. No, no, no. That's that's seriously. I'm not trying to punk you or whatever the fuck. 
<laughs> Where's Ashton? Exactly. <laughs> it, it is week four gravity, Jay. It's not like... Right, okay. Okay. I'll let it slide, but damn it, that was a good movie. It was. <laughs> but I guess somebody, you know, people needed something with less substance. They just needed some uh, turn your brain off, uh, laugh at old people fun. So Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I read uh, some really, really... I don't know, weird news this week. Did you guys hear about Michael Bay being attacked by an air conditioner? (laughs) (laughs) No. Did you guys hear about this shit? No. Are you sure sure it wasn't the Sentinel? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe the air conditioner transformed and just punched him and said, stop it. (laughs) Stop it, you asshole. Stop making these movies, you (laughs) son of a bitch. Uh, No. Explain. Okay. It's a true story. Um, He's filming Transformers Age of Extinction in Hong Kong. And now the first report of the incident was that there were two brothers demanding $100,000 in Hong Kong money, which is the equivalent of like $13,000 U.S. But Empire found out more from base press representatives who said, contrary to several erroneous news reports, Bay did not get hurt in a fight on his set. The (laughs) The production company did have a rather bizarre encounter with a man allegedly under the influence of a narcotic substance who was wielding an air conditioning unit as his weapon of choice. Okay, apparently the story is Michael Bay, man of action, he ducked when the man he, he ducked when the man swung the air conditioning unit at his head and then he wrestled it from the attacker's hands. Bullshit. Then the police and security team got involved. Uh, no one on the cast or crew was injured, said Empire. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then Michael Bay flew into the air, <laughs> got lasers from his shoulders. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> there was a 20-minute car chase sequence. <laughs> Gosh, that's just crazy, dude. Somebody attacked That's him. karma. <laughs> that's what that is. Somebody attacked him with an air conditioning unit. I wish they would have oh. used, like, a cool fucking, like, you know, like... Like, uh, I don't know, last words thing, or like yeah. they would have been like, chill out and like hit him <laughs> with the air conditioner. You know? This is for raping my childhood, Michael Bay. <laughs> Stick around. <laughs> Transformers was not cool. Yeah. <laughs> but this is. And then they hit him in the face. <laughs> oh, damn it. Yeah. Well, I I don't know if you guys saw this, but there were some like uh, artist renderings of the new Optimus Prime design, I, I, and like uh, Grimlock, even some of those. I, it, it's a lot different from the last two, but that doesn't mean he's still not shitting on it. I'm just saying there was there's a little bit different kind of retro feel going on with these new character designs, right? But he deserves to get hit in the head with an air conditioner. <laughs> <laughs> I dodged it. Okay. And uh, then I quit. I kissed uh, Megan Fox. We, we had sex and then I dodged it. And then I caught him midair and threw it back at him. How did this get started? Did somebody like, uh, was it like a bet? Did it start at a bet at a table? Like, like <laughs> yeah. dude, I dare you to hit my, uh, Michael Bay. <laughs> No, how well? How much? Okay. Okay. Well, I'd have uh, done it for five bucks. Yeah, five bucks is reasonable. <laughs> I'll, okay, I tell you what, I'll double it if you hit him with an air conditioner. <laughs> and then you know, then the bet was set, and that's what happened. I don't know, man. That's just fucked up, dude. I can barely lift it. Your enemies don't need you to lift it. Oh man, that story is like. 
chicken soup for the soul right yeah, there. Yeah, it's kind of like, yeah, like I don't feel bad about it. I feel pretty good. Wouldn't this be great <laughs> if this like started to trend? Like now this is like the big thing on the internet. It's like, what can we hit Michael Bay with? Like people are <laughs> like the next time he gets hit in the face, it's like with a toaster. <laughs> yeah, or a cassette recorder. Soundwave was a cassette recorder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like the next planking or owling. It's Bane. <laughs> Bane. <laughs> I think honestly, the th- next thing I think he'll get hit with is like a sexual harassment suit. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't feel bad about yeah, that. For Mark Wahlberg, probably. Yeah, poor Mark. Uh, I don't know. Have any of you watched uh, the new Justice League Flashpoint Paradox? Uh, I have. You did? What'd you think? I loved it. I Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. So you want to rate it then? Yeah, I'll give it a Tupperware. All right. Um, I loved Flashpoint. Flashpoint is probably my favorite DC crossover in the last five, six years. And um, I just love Elseworlds stories like that. And I yeah. thought the cartoon was very faithful. It had all the stuff I wanted to see animated, um, from the Superman sequence to the Batman's father to the hilarious moment where Flash tries to get his powers back by shooting himself up with the lightning bolt and yes. Batman just watches. <laughs> Which well, is the greatest cliffhanger to a comic book of all time. Yeah. In my opinion. I loved it. I mean, all of the stuff was there from the Batman tear at the end to, oh man, it was great. It I was loved really the good. Flash. I love, uh, Thomas Wayne as Batman. Oh, yeah. Fucking badass, dude. Thomas Wayne with, you know, it's Batman with guns. It's like the Punisher Batman. It's like, shit. It is fucking sweet. It's badass. So, yeah, definitely if you haven't seen it, you can Redbox it. I just got it from Redbox. Uh, It's uh, Justice League, the Flashpoint Paradox. And it's an Elseworlds story. I mean, Aquaman and Atlantis, they're at war with Wonder Woman and the Amazons. It threatens the whole planet. And uh, Superman's not what we think, and uh, I mean, there's twists and turns in every every uh, every bit of this uh, whole movie. It's it's fantastic. So I give it a Tupperware too. Yes, yeah, just super fun. I, you need to see this, Jay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I got a copy of it from you. Oh, that's actually. right. <laughs> yeah. I need to watch that. But I, I think it's cool. I, I think what they ought to do actually for like the next. Um, you know, whenever they try and tackle Justice League in the in the films, is do kind of a Amazon versus Atlantis kind of thing. I think that'd be kind of cool. Um, the next cartoon is actually based off of the first six issues of the Justice League New Fifty Two relaunch. Oh, okay, nice, cool. With Very the cool. introduction of Dark Side into uh, yeah. That was a cool story. I did like that. I think they uh, confirmed a uh, an Aquaman movie coming out too. The next three are slated. The next three are the Justice League one, and then a Batman one based off the video games, and then a, a Damien movie okay. focusing on Batman's kid. And after that, it's all hearsay. Nice. But I have heard rumors of the Aquaman, too. Yeah, th- there were rumors of the Aquaman for a while there. Yeah. I'm a big freak of for those DC animated movies. I, As much as I like Marvel more than DC, Marvel cannot touch DC when it comes to the animated features. Oh, fuck no. no. Fuck no, they can't. DC is killing it on the animated shit, dude. It, it, it pains me to say that too, because I so much want the Marvel stuff to be better, but it's not even. Close. It's all for kids. Like, yeah. there's no, there's no adult content really in the Marvel. And ones. the adult content movies that they do come out with are crap, though, dude. 
Yeah. Yeah, and even more just in the content is the quality of the animation on the DC Yeah, just yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah. You see one of these on Blu-ray and 1080p, it is gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. it's it's like Japanese Dude. anime anime style almost with some of them. Jake, when they yeah. first uh started showing like Flash fighting the rogues, I was like, "Damn!" Oh, I know. That was oh. so badass, dude. Captain Cold looked amazing. Oh my god, they just look the gorgeous. The coloring, everything, gorgeous. I've actually watched it three times now. In fact, any time I'm like, man, I don't know what I want to do. I I just have so much I can't decide what I want to do. I'm like, I'm just gonna watch Flash porn again. <laughs> Shit. I would have guessed porno. <laughs> I know what I'm watching tonight, not porno. <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys uh, have ever, if you've even heard of this show, but so Sci-Fi had a show premiere a few months ago. It was called Heroes of Cosplay. Oh, I, yeah, I've heard of that. And it focused on a rotating cast of cosplayers as they constructed outfits in order to compete at conventions across the country. It's kind of a reality show mixed in with competition. Um, it was interesting. I watched all the episodes. There were six episodes. They were hour long. Uh, it looks like it did well for sci-fi, so they extended it to a second season that's going to premiere in 2014. Uh, right now, they are looking for cosplayers in the Los Angeles and Atlanta areas to compete this next season. Uh, here's the official release. Male and female cosplayers who live in Atlanta and Los Angeles are ready to take and are ready to take their cosplaying to the next level now have a shot at being a part of the show. Candidates must be able to make their own costumes and compete in competitions around the country. Those interested are invited to send pictures, links, contact info, and self-descriptions to cosplaycasting2013 at gmail.com. So if you're listening and you get on the show because you heard of it here on our show, all I'm asking for you is to mention our show on on, on, on Heroes of Cosplay. That's it. That's all I'm asking. Hey, you but, think maybe I should dust off the old rubber man suit and give that a try myself? <laughs> I, I guess. <laughs> Actually, before the show, Jay told me you were wearing it tonight, you fucking weirdo. Yeah, but it's very dusty. <laughs> Uh, honestly, I can see why the show performed well. Um, it's not like it's the best show ever, okay? It's really not. That first season was okay. But these shows are cheap to make, and that is a network's wet dream. I, I heard Kevin Smith, he was talking to the media at New York City Comic Con about how Comic Book Man is now in season three. And he talked about how cheap the show is to make and that AMC keeps renewing it. And it's because – it's cheap to make and it must be making money for them. Yeah. You know, oh, there's yeah. like one set. They're, they are there at the comic book store. It's not like they have to do a lot. And, and with this, you know, Heroes of Cosplay show, all they have to do is like film these people making these outfits and show them being judged at the competition. Everything's already set up for them. It's cheap show to make and people that are watching it. They're making money. So yeah. it's the shows like, you know, Terra Nova that are expensive as all shit. That aren't making money, they get axed. But I mean, right. if these I forgot sh- about that pile of garbage. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, you know what? I watched that whole season except for the last episode, and I was just like, the only good episode, by the way. I didn't even watch it. I was like, fuck it, I'm out. The moment it got interesting was when it was over. Wow. Because I liked the pilot, and then after that, I was just like, this show sucks, dick. <laughs> it was horrible. Oh so, my god. Yeah. Um. But you know, uh, Heroes of Cosplay, it's going to come back, and it's. 
it was interesting last season, but the problem I think that they had, they had too many female cosplayers. It's like, that's all they showed. And it was kind of like really kind of just like, okay, let's just show women trying to fill out these outfits and trying to look right. sexy. And it's like, come on, you know what? And most of them got beat in these competitions. Some of them did place. Some of them weren't trying to be sexy. I'm not going to say all of them were, but some, most of them were. And a lot of them, their husbands were helping them make these outfits. Mm-hmm. And they weren't the ones doing most of the work. It was their husbands. I I appreciated the ones that did all the work themselves and then didn't have to come off like trying to look like all like trampy and stuff doing it. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's some bullshit getting help. That's like going to the Pinewood Derby and watching people's fathers taking the cars out of their briefcase. You yeah. Know? <laughs> exactly. Some dirty shit. Exactly. So here's a cosplay. It was okay. It was just their first season. Maybe they'll improve some things in the second season, but I can see it keep getting renewed as long as it keeps making money because it is a cheap show to make. Yeah, I'd watch it. So, um, let's see here. Now, if you're like me and you're anxiously anticipating the new series Almost Human, starring Carl Urban and Michael Isley, it looks like you're going to have to wait a little bit longer. Almost Human, which is a new show on Fox, it's created by J.H. Wyman with J.J. Abrams attached as executive producer. It will feature Carl, feature Carl Urban who we all know, you know, as Dr. McCoy in the Star Trek movies, as well as he played, you know, Judge Dredd in the Dredd film. Um, he acts as a detective in a future where humans are partnered with a humanoid robot as they solve cases together. So kind of like Blade Runner, but assisting. I was actually thinking, like, this is more like, to me, it reminds me of the show Alien Nation from the late 80s. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. That was adapted. It was adapted from the movie Alien Nation, uh, which I think had James Caan, and mm-hmm. then it became a TV series where the aliens they lived among us. And then, just as a side note, they could be killed by salt water. Do you guys right. remember that? I that show scared me as a kid. I was like eight when that shit was yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah. I remember uh, seeing a comic strip in like uh, I was reading like uh, I don't know like a <laughs> Wizard magazine or something when I was a kid. Uh, maybe like Fangoria or something, one of those weird magazines as a kid. It was a comic strip about Alien Nation, and uh, they showed one of the aliens attempting to surf, and <laughs> he said something like, this was a bad idea as he was melting. And I just <laughs> always kind of stuck with me and thought it was funny. But um, anyway, that show had like a human partner teamed up with an alien, and they d- didn't always get along. And I think this is kind of like the same concept of that, kind of like updated, you know, with like robots because, you know, everything's going into like the humanoid robot thing now. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, it looks like Almost Human has been pushed back. It originally had a uh, Monday, November 4th release on Sunday. It's been pushed back to November 17th. Uh, it'll air the first two episodes that week uh, with the second scheduled for Monday night during the show's usual time slot. So it'll usually be on Monday, but they're going to have the premiere on Sunday. Um, but uh, I wonder if this has anything to do – the show had actually lost a showrunner uh, over a month ago, and uh, they lost Naren Shankar, who was the writer for Farscape. Uh, okay. But I don't know because, I mean, that show was pretty far in development, so I don't know if that's the reason. But have you guys seen the trailer for this? It's, it's going to be on Fox. No. Uh-uh. Really? No. Yeah, I have not seen the trailer for well, it. Well, you can see the trailer online. Uh, they've been showing it on Fox like after pretty much every show this week that I've seen, they've been showing like uh, the trailer, and then you can also see it on IMDb. They've got it. If you go to, if you just do a search for Almost Human, you can watch the trailer there. Um, it, what's funny though is like it, from what I can tell, 
Carl Urban is less human than Michael Isley. Michael Isley plays the humanoid. Okay. And like, so maybe that's the whole point of it. Yeah. yeah. Th- these humanoids, they're kind of like the one, they're programmed to kind of like learn humans and human behavior. It's kind of like data in a way. Yeah. But, <laughs> but you know, it's, but it, the, it looks like there's some humor involved. It, it looks really good. I, I can't wait for the show. So yeah, definitely look for it. It's almost human. Cool. So th- okay. Yeah, I will it, definitely check that out. It really, it sounds like something you guys would be interested in. Yeah. I'm going to set the DVR as soon as I can. Nice. Yeah, anything J.J. Abrams is involved with, too, yeah. Yeah, and, and this show, I mean, come on, guys. It's Carl Urban, for crying out loud. Fuck love love Carl Urban. Yeah, that's one of my favorite science fiction topics ever, is any time we're dealing with artificial intelligence. It's the and, closest yeah. thing that you can be like, this could happen, you know. It seems like we're kind of shooting towards that trajectory. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I love that stuff. Love yeah. it. Yeah, I'm just like uh, worried when we get like the when we actually do get artificial intelligence and like people are freaking out and saying, you know, Skynet, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's happening. I mean, it's kind of happening in a way, but yeah, I don't know. It's it is kind of scary, but at the same time, it, it could be really good for us for yeah. humanity. But all these movies, you know, like Terminator and then Almost Human, all that stuff, I love it because it, it really hits close to home. You think like you think like people are getting less personal with each other now like everybody's texting and everybody's like yeah. doing yeah. all this shit on Facebook and nobody's like meeting face to face and shit and like if we are meeting face to face all we're doing is like posting pictures of us together hanging out on Facebook or like oh here's my meal that I ate <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and so like I watched this show about like future technology this was like a year ago you know and mm. they you know like if you were to watch like you know shows on future technology back in the 90s they would have shown you like future technology where like you know DVRs and stuff like that right know? and right. like that was like a big deal like oh you'll be able to like record like shows like you know, multiple TV shows, watch multiple TV shows whenever you want to right there uh, from a little box and stuff like that. They were talking about DVRs and like that yeah. was like in the 90s. Now I watched like this show about future technology, like, you know, years out. They had this thing like they showed like this family and like they had kids and like their kids have like artificial intelligence friends on screens in different rooms of the house. So like the kids are like growing up with like this other kid that's artificial intelligence on a screen and they talk to it and they share secrets with it and it grows up with them and it's like their friend. And like, this is like real shit they're talking about, you know, like this is what's going to happen. These are what families are going to be like. And like, you know, like next 10, 15, 20 years and shit. And I was just like, that's a little fucked up, dude. That's like taking imaginary friends to a whole nother level. Yeah. Yeah, that is fucked up. Well, I mean, if you if you think about it, like, Facebook is kind of like that with, I mean, with, like, my friends list on my personal page, I might talk to, like, maybe five of them in yeah. person. So the rest of them, it, they might as well almost be robots because I don't, I don't talk to them. I don't see them, you know. Yeah. So it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of headed towards that, which is kind of scary. I, I think that's really why we have a lot of crazies out there right now. They're just... You know, they're they're think they're connecting with somebody, but they're not talking to anybody. Like it's it's getting narrower and narrower where you actually interact with people. Yeah, that's but it's kind of out of touch. It's all, but you know what? Honestly, if it wasn't for Facebook, I mean, we wouldn't have been able to have some of the conversations we do with some of our listeners. Yeah, that's a different story. Like we're we're asking questions. We're relating, like, but with most, like, with my personal page, yeah. it's like, like you said, people, this is what I hate today. And I'm like, why the fuck? 
Yeah. You know, I don't I don't know. I don't talk to you and now here's your food platter. That's great. Right. It's great. Like, yeah, oh, it's just now like any technology. It's got things that can be very useful about it, but then you can turn it around yeah. and yeah. make it into something more, you know. Right. Yeah. Now, ooh, now I know you're gonna pass through your bowels in the next few hours. <laughs> exactly. Shit. I hate when people are like, I'm going to bed now. Good night, Facebook world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, suck a dick. <laughs> yeah, that's what you should say to them. Maybe they won't be able to sleep so easy. <laughs> I can't believe he said that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We didn't get casting news this week about Star Wars, but we did no. get some news, right? This is pretty big. Lay it on me, man. Finally got some Star Wars Episode Seven news. They are not using uh, the script that they were that that had been written up from Toy Story scribe Michael Arndt. Uh, they have lost Michael Arndt. He is. They've kicked him off the project. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say kicked off. I don't know what happened. But now J.J. Abrams and Lawrence Kasdan, the screenwriter from Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi, are now writing the script. Um, Here's the official statement at StarWars.com. It includes the following from Lucasfilm President Kathleen Kennedy. She says, I am very excited about the story we have in place and thrilled to have Larry and J.J. Working on the script. There are very few people who fundamentally understand the way a Star Wars story works, like Larry. And it is nothing short of incredible to have him even more deeply involved in its return to the big screen. JJ, of course, is an incredible storyteller in his own right. Michael Arndt has done a terrific job bringing us to this point, and we have an amazing filmmaking and design team in place already prepping for production. Now, first off, before we discuss if this is good news or bad news, guys, I just want to talk about some of the rumors that are out there. Mm-hmm. Um, Darren, uh, Devin, excuse me, Devin Farasi at Badass Digest, he said that Abrams started scripting from scratch very, very recently, and there were also rumors of Abrams being unhappy with the production over the summer, and that those were due to dissatisfaction from the script. That Michael Arndt wrote. Uh, And what Abrams and Kasdan are doing now is as new as possible with new characters and story elements, which means that all of those casting calls that we talked about on the show and even some of the actors that have been brought in might not even fit into the new script. Wow. Okay. Now, this is not the first time that this has happened with a Star Wars film. And I'm not trying to say that this is going to be good news or bad news, but Leia Brackett, who wrote the original script for the Empire Strikes Back movie, uh, it wasn't what Lucas wanted when he got it. Um, She would have rewritten it, uh, but unfortunately she died of cancer. And Lucas himself was forced to rewrite most of it and did not get a credit for a lot of it. Uh, Hmm. Lawrence Kasdan was brought in to polish up some of the dialogue and he got most of the credit for it but Lucas wrote most of it himself wow okay I want to talk about if this is good or bad news when you guys heard about this what did you guys think is this good news that they're bringing in Michael uh, that they took Michael Michael Arndt's script and they scrapped it and they're starting over they've got Lawrence Kasdan coming back you know working with JJ is that good news or is this bad news I want to know what you guys think. I think it's good news. I'm going to think positive on this. I I have a lot of respect for J.J. as a storyteller. I mean, 
Kasdan has written some really shitty movies in the last 10, 15 years. That's for sure. But, I mean, he still – he wrote Raiders of the Lost Ark. He helped with Empire, with Return of the Jedi. I really feel like him and J.J. together can give us the product that we want as Star Wars fans. Yeah, well, yeah I, I, I'd agree with you on that. I think Kasdan really understands it. I think Empire proves that. I don't, you know, I I don't know what else he's done besides Raiders and that. So I, I'm not up on his like. Yeah, he wrote Dreamcatcher. Yeah. He's wrote a okay, okay. Uh, so I, I, guys, I'm I'm not as positive as you guys. I, I think this is a step backwards. Uh, we lost Michael Arndt, and uh, I like Michael Arndt a lot. Um, one of the most emotional movies I've ever seen was Toy Story three, and I know it's a it's a you know animated movie. You're not wrong in that thought, though. It is one one of the most emotional movies. It's it's very good. He did Little Miss Sunshine. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we did gain Lawrence Kasdan. He wrote the screenplay for Empire Strikes Back uh, and Return of the Jedi. I, some would think that it's great, you know, because they love Empire, they love Jedi. But like you were saying, Lawrence Kasdan, what has he done since then? Now, in 1994, he wrote Wyatt Earp, which has a 6.5 out of 10 rating on IMDb.com. In 1999, he wrote Mumford, which has a 6.7 rating. In 2003, he did the screenplay for Dreamcatcher, uh, the Stephen King novel, which has a 5.4 rating. Mm. Uh, that movie's very underrated, I think. And it's in, much better than people give it credit for. I liked it. I liked it, but um, you know, it did stray away from the original book. Uh, in yeah, 2000, you have to. In 2012, he wrote uh, Darling Companion with Diane Keaton and Kevin Kline, which has a 4.8 rating on wow. IMDb.com. Mm. Now, none of these are huge blockbusters, and uh, of those ratings, uh, you know, they're, none of them are really knocking it out of the park. I am a little worried about this news. Um, maybe collaborating with JJ will help him, but I think we needed some new blood in there. And I, when I found out it was Michael Arndt, I was, I don't know, that was a fist pumping moment for me. I think Michael Arndt, Arndt with JJ Abrams, JJ Abrams brought a lot of emotion to that first Star Trek film. Yes, he did. And Michael Arndt is good at playing on people's emotions. I was emotionally invested in Little Miss Sunshine. I was with that little girl, with Abigail Brez. Uh, what's her name? Abigail, whatever the fuck her name is. But <laughs> And, I, you know, I was, emotion- I was emotionally feeling bad for these toys in Toy Story <laughs> 3. He had me, I think Michael Arndt had, has what it takes to make a fantastic Star Wars film and bring that emotional side back because I didn't feel emotionally as invested in the prequels as I had felt in the original films, uh, mostly because of the character development in those films. Um, but I had, I still have hope that this is going to be a good movie. You know, I'm not, not discounting Abrams at all. Uh, you know, he's got some great screenwriting credits, you know, super eight mission impossible three fringe lost, um, you know, three out of four of those were great movies, and I, I, I'm not discounting that. But I, I like the team of Michael Arndt and JJ a little bit more, just a little bit more than I like bringing back Kasdan. I think Kasdan's kind of like a nostalgia thing, and I think people, yeah, that's all I'm saying. I mean, if, I, I'm not I against agree, it. I agree. If JJ's not happy with Kasdan, though, you can bet your bottom dollar Kasdan will be gone too. I mean, I just have to trust JJ on this. That if he if it wasn't working for him, then it must not have been working. Yeah, 
Yeah, I guess we're going to have to trust JJ's vision. I, you're right on that. I'll, I'll give you that. So if JJ wasn't happy with Michael Arndt's, you know, screenplay, then his script, then I, I, I guess this is what we need to do. I just wish that there could have been a rewrite. Yeah, we don't, and we still don't know a hundred percent if all of the elements of the original screenplay are in the garbage. I, I, yeah. have, I have to believe that a little bit of it is going to go through the filter and still be there. Yeah, yeah, but is how, how much credit is aren't going to get now? It sounds right. like they've kind of kind of parted ways. Well, it's not an it's not an original franchise anyway. You know what I'm saying? He's, right. Was was Lucas still have is he still in talks with Abrams? Is that still going on? Oh those yeah, two are, yeah, okay. yeah, heavily from what I hear from you know Jet Lucas. Not like me and Jet Lucas are hanging out on weekends. No, and, yeah. <laughs> well, they, they must be talking still. I feel like that's half the reason Kasdan's even here. I kind of was gonna yeah, I was gonna say that. Right. I feel like it might have been from up above, even Abrams saying that. But yeah, I think we'll see some of it filter through. It, it is kind of it is kind of a letdown at this point in time, but. Uh, I still have faith in it being all right. Now, I'm not let down in the least by this news. Is this the reason, though, that we're hearing that it might be pushed back until, you know, late 2015 and not come out in the summer of 2015? No, I think that's. I think. Well, I think that all has to do with Avengers. Well, too. I mean, they, they were supposed to start filming soon, and now it's filming has been pushed back until spring of 2014. Oh, yeah. filming was even pushed back. Yes. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. I had a hard time believing the filming was starting this soon anyway, with as little casting news as we've actually got gotten and everything. It seemed like there was just no way in hell it was going to start in a couple of weeks. Well, here. I think a lot of these things behind the scenes has been a reason maybe why there hasn't been any casting. I mean, I think maybe – I don't know. I don't know. It's all speculation. I'd like to get some more concrete answers. Um it, it, there's just like this veil of secrecy. It's it's classic J.J. Abrams veil of secrecy. Uh, secrecy so far, and that's I'm glad for that. I the more secrecy it is, the more exciting it's going to be when we finally see that first trailer and everything. Yeah, you know? it builds the anticipation. Even week to week, looking for news, it's like, what am I going to see? What's coming up? But and, guys, you know. our first bit of news from Star Wars Episode Seven <laughs> is that they've scrapped the script. That's yeah. not what I wanted to hear. That's not encouraging. <laughs> I, you got to look. You got to think positive. I think it's good news if they care enough that they're willing to look at it that way objectively and say it's this is not think good posi- enough. It's hard to think positively for me when you scrap Michael Arndt, who's a hot writer right now. It's uh, like shit. If he if apparently he, his script wasn't good. If he can't, and he's worked with Disney before, if he can't get the feel of the movie, it's like shit. Where are we at? So I'm hoping J.J. and Kasdan can get together and make some magic happen. I just don't know if Kasdan's got it left in him. I mean, you hear about these people years later. They just don't have the same magic in them. Even look at Lucas. I mean, look at what he did with the first movies, and then we came back with the prequels. A lot of people weren't happy with them. Like, he couldn't recreate the magic from the original trilogy. A lot of people felt like that. That's another argument, though, because I completely disagree with that, too. I know, but... (laughs) The majority, I think, is uh, is on my side when it comes to that. Yeah, yeah, that's true, and it, that would that would be the benefit of New Blood is to not not try and be stuck in this past moment where they were actually there, and then trying to recreate. You know, like with anything in your life, like it's hard to recreate those really awesome moments in your life that you had personally. Yeah, and so for these movie makers, it's going to be the same thing. 
he's going to be in that mindset. And yeah, I guess that, that, that is a little bit worrisome. You yeah. Know? And that's I why think you Lucas get, fell into that trap. That's yeah. why you get new blood in there. That's why I was excited for Michael Arndt. That's why a lot of people were excited for Michael Arndt. Yeah. Well, I mean, JJ Abrams says he can't cut it. So out he goes. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, moving on. I guess we're just going to have to wait and see on that one. So yes, it'll be interesting to see if in the future we'll hear kind of more exactly right. what the issue was with his screenplay. I agree. It'll be interesting to see. Um, all right. Uh, one. Uh, hey, super listener Pete Neen had a question for us uh, <laughs> uh, from Twitter. He asked, "What did you guys? What do you guys think of the trailer for Captain America: The Winter Soldier?" Ah, hey, let's yes. rate it. So, hey, if you're new to the show and you're not familiar with our rating system, I'm going to go ahead and play the rating system now. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. All right, so... uh what did you guys think about the uh, trailer for the Captain America Winter Soldier? Jake, did you see it? I don't know if you saw it. Yes, I did see it. You did. Okay. Okay. Um, who wants to go first and, and, and rate the trailer? I'll, I'll go first. Nice. Um, I, I would give it a Tupperware. I was, I was pretty damn excited about uh, what I saw from this as opposed to what I saw from like the first Captain America trailers from the first movie. Um, this looks much broader and expanse. It looks like it really delves into who Steve Rogers and Captain America are today, which is awesome. Um, and there's always what I really liked about Captain America, like in current comic continuity is the interplay between him and shield and kind of the distrust that they have. And like, is this the right, which way is the right way to go on these things? And um, I think they really showed that in the trailer and it was it was cool. I mean, that elevator scene was mm-hmm. awesome. Um, just showed a little bit more, I think, of Steve Rogers coming into his own as Captain America, kind of being, you know, the 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 Captain America that we know, the strong and really sure of himself kind of idealist. And um, I think they showed that. It was really cool. It was a cool trailer. Yeah, I'm going to give it a Tupperware, too. I It made me really excited. It looked so much less campier than the last Captain America movie and so much more like it's going to take itself a little bit more seriously. Yeah. Um, very good trailer. I got really excited when they, when, uh, Steve was wearing the, uh, Marco Divergiac designed, uh, costume from when he had, uh, put up the costume and was, uh, the head of shield with the big star in the middle and the wings coming out. Mm-hmm. Love that design. Glad to see that in the movies. Yeah. What did, what did you think, Brian? Uh, I have to, I have to give this a Tupperware uh, just for the, <laughs> just for the trailer. I, I love the new Captain America Super Soldier costume. Yes, uh, love it. It's 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 great. Um, this movie just has a totally different feel uh, from the previous movie. Um, yeah, it has a different feel from all of the Marvel movies too. It's kind of like a comic book in, in that respect. You know, different writers and artists on on different books and. I mean, we've had Shane Black's Iron Man 3. You've got Alan Taylor from Game of Thrones making the Thor sequel. Uh, you know, Cap 2, Winter Soldier by the Russo brothers. Uh, James Gunn is tackling uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Each of these with a different tone, one using technology, 
one using magic, one using spies, one movie going cosmic. And eventually it's amazing that all these movies are going to come together. I think this is what's and this is a different topic, but I think this is what's lacking from the DC movies and the DC comics. They're all they all kind of have the same feel, and I think that's what's amazing about these Marvel movies, especially this Captain America movie. I think it's more like a spy movie, and like Jay talked about, like you know the distrust with Shield. Do you guys think that there's any chance in hell that he becomes Nomad after this movie? Oh shit! I I don't think that'll. Happen. I don't either. But it'd be fucking badass. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. <it would> <laughs> I tell you what, Bucky as a Winter Soldier looks a lot like Nomad, I've always thought. Yeah, he did, didn't he? He did. Yeah. He was really cool in that trailer. Yeah. He was, his character was really cool. Did you guys notice the look on Cap's face when he's realizing that Bucky uh, is the Winter Soldier and like that? He kind of had like a look of confusion and sadness at the same time. Yeah. yeah, that was good. It's going to be so much depth. You've got yeah. Shield and Captain America. You've got Winter Soldier and Captain America. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of depth to what's and and some kind of love affair going on. It seems like too. Yeah, I yeah. really want to go back to something Brian said about um, what DC does wrong. I, I completely agree with that. It's like let someone else besides David S. Gordon write a screenplay for one of your movies. Thank you. <laughs> I, no, I had to. I had to give you the uh, clap there because I mean, agreed. I mean, yeah, it worked with um, it worked with uh, you know the Nolan movies. But hey, come on, there's there's a different tone. You, and they do the same thing with the comic books, man. It's like Marvel has like all these different artists and all these different kind of creators, and they branch out. I mean, you can tell that you know they've got like uh, Matt Fraction and. Uh, uh, Mike Allred doing FF, which has a totally different look from like if you look at another book. Um, I don't know, what other books in the Marvel universe can? Well, if you even look at Fantastic Four by Matt, yeah, Fraction, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Call, yeah. totally yeah. different. Yeah. yeah, I mean, what do you think the deal is? Do you think it's Green Lantern was such a fucking bomb that? Only David S. Goyer can write DC movies now. I, I think they got scared. Yeah, I think even the tone of the comics. Yeah. They they take this darker, more realistic approach, and um, I don't know. Yeah, it's really like in a box. They keep themselves in a box, and you ex- you know what to expect from DC every week, and most of the time it's crap, unfortunately. I think, I think what's happened is the New 52 has fucked them. They tried to do this New 52, and the DC New 52 is like this darker, grittier, you know, DC, and the old DC, it wasn't like this. No, it was more like Marvel. You had more to play with, right? Which more yeah. ideas. Which I'm glad that you know. I'm hoping that DC doesn't piss off Jeff Parker doing Aquaman. Right. I hope Jeff Parker remains to be Jeff Parker and brings some fun to Aquaman. You know? Yeah, he's one of the beacons of light yes. in the DC universe. Well, yeah, I mean that, that's the problem though is DC tends to be a little bit of a control whore when it comes to their characters, and Jeff Parker is going to have to learn to be able to deal with that in a creative way. You know? Yeah, I, still all, being able to be creative and clever, but still bowing to DC as to what he can and can't do with their characters. Right. All right, we're off on something else right now. We'll have to talk about what the fuck is wrong with DC at a future time, but. That's, oh, like, yeah. that's like a whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think Anthony Mackie, I'm ready to see his Falcon. Oh, yeah. I'm that ready. That costume was great. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, costume I hope, is fantastic. I hope to do, you know, I hope he's not just a side note. 
because we don't I don't really know if we know that if if he's going to be, you know, kind of a major player or not. From what he thought when we talked a few episodes ago, he thought he was going to be a major player in this movie. Right. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I hope he is. I mean, and, and I hope he has a chance to show up in future movies. I hope this is just like not like a one and done thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think it does Marvel a great service to get an African American character in an Avengers movie ASAP. Hello. Yeah, and I, I think he's as cool as like Hawkeye is to me. If if they really got in depth with his character, I think he'd be as cool as Hawkeye. Come on, let's get fucking Black Panther in a movie for crying out loud! Uh, we'll I can't talk, wait. We'll talk about it's that coming. Little, we'll talk about that later. Kevin Feige had some things to say later, so we'll talk about that. Um, let's see here. Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah. Um, I also wanted to go over, you know, uh, what did comic book writer, Winter Soldier creator Ed Brubaker think of the trailer? Well, he yeah. t- he tweeted about it. He said, it's a total coincidence that me and Steve Epting's Velvet debuted the same week as Cap Winter Soldier trailer, <laughs> but I love it. Wow, okay. cool. He tweeted that on October 24th. And if you're curious, uh, you know, Ed Brubaker just came out with a new comic book called Velvet. Um, and it features a, it looks like a female spy. I've got it. It's gonna, it's gonna be coming to me in the mail. I'm gonna read it. That's, but. uh, that's Steve Epstein drew it too, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna be, I, it's gotten great ratings from like, uh, a lot of the different, uh, comic book outlets out there. So, oh, dude, check this out. Okay. So if you do a search online, you can find the new Captain America Winter Soldier trailer, uh, where they use the Team America, um, America. <laughs> The America Fuck Yeah song. It's, it's, it's awesome, dude. It's like Captain America, and it's like, America, fuck yeah. Going, <laughs> going to save the motherfucking day, yeah. And it's like Captain America, like, kicking ass and throwing his shield and shit, dude. So they've, like, they've like done a mashup of that song with the Captain America trailer. It's amazing. Awesome. <laughs> so if you, if you do a search for it, you can find it. You guys there? Yeah. 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 I was inhaling. It got (laughs) just remembering how to breathe over there. What's going on? Sorry. Yeah, I kind of forget. All right. (laughs) All right. We're going to take a, uh, let's just take a little bit of a break. I think we've gone on here for, yeah, about an hour and 15 minutes or so. So we're going to take a little, a little, we're going to take a little bit of a break and come back and uh, we'll talk a little bit more news. Sounds good. Call your girlfriend back. I will. Hey, we're back. Um, yeah, oh boy. Hey. <laughs> hey, everybody. Contain the excitement. Yeah, I know. Fasten hey. your seatbelts. Hey, you want young whippersnappers. <laughs> All right, you're both, you're both fired. Um, <laughs> that's, okay, that's understandable. That's a first for Jay. All right. <laughs> Mark it on your calendars. <laughs> All right. I wanted to talk a little bit about, uh, let's see here. Uh, it looks like Bruce Campbell told, uh, the audience at Wizard World at Nashville Comic Con that he's coming back as Ash in Army of uh, Darkness. I turned to clap. Yay. There you go. The, the Latin, and what Bruce Campbell had to say, quote, was, the last one was 22 years ago. I just haven't been racing to do it. Sam Raimi is just a little bit busy making the biggest movies in Hollywood. I used to be busy. Now I'm not. That's why I'm here. 
Um, Ash, <laughs> he then went on to say Ash would have to stop occasionally from chasing some deadite to catch his breath. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he could, maybe we could do that, I guess. That would be exciting. Fighting a walker. That would be all right. Hit them with my cane, fake them out, have a fake heart attack, distract a zombie. <laughs> I like it. Seriously though. All right, sir. The answer is yes. So he's going to come back. He's going to do it. Um, that's awesome. I remember when he was here in Decatur, Illinois, and he was doing a Q&A after he showed his movie, My Name is Bruce. Someone asked him if there was ever, if there would ever be an Army of Darkness 2. And he said something like, you guys saw the last Indiana Jones movie, right? Who wants to see me old and trying to run around out there? <laughs> and I mean, come on, dude. He's only 20. He's only, excuse me, 25. He's only 55. So yeah. I don't know what he's talking about. I mean, Harrison Ford was in his late 60s when he did that movie. Uh, you know, Danny Trejo is 69. He's doing machete movies. There's no reason why he can't come in there and do an Evil Dead 2. Oh, yeah. I, I, it, it's not the same unless Raimi's coming back, too. And it seems like Deadline Hollywood's reporting this weekend, actually, that Raimi is coming back to do the directing. Yeah. Um, you know. Because those two have known each other since grade school, and Bruce Campbell basically lets Raimi put him through whatever torture Raimi decides to put him through. Yeah. You know, and avoids all the lawsuits and the unions and just lets Raimi pretty much hit him. <laughs> we have, I mean, that's what it <laughs> That's ha- awesome news. It is. It has to be them, too. Yeah. I mean, oh my God, I can't wait. Uh, I have turned so many people on to Army of Darkness and Evil Dead. In those 20 years since we've seen that last movie. Like, if people um, haven't seen it, I've been like, shit, come on over. And I'll bust out my copy and we'll watch it, you know? And then I've, like, you know, had people watch the original ending and things like that to Army of Darkness. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm the same way. I force-feed it to every person I can. Yeah. Um, I didn't know uh, if you are a big fan of uh, Army of Darkness and uh, you haven't been reading any of the new comic books. They are rebooting the comic book, I think. Uh, Ash and the Army of Darkness, number one, comes out October 30th to comic book stores, number one. So pick it up. I've added it to my pull list, and hopefully it'll be a book that I enjoy. But uh, back to the movie news. I'm excited. I'm excited as fuck. I'm excited as fuck too. Yeah, I mean that. I I just hope they keep it kind of humorous. Oh know, fuck yeah, fuck yeah, they you know. Will. Oh yeah, don't don't do what they did with like Evil Dead. No, 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 no. Yeah, absolutely not. You've you've got Bruce Campbell in there. That's what was great about Army of Darkness. Yes, yes. Hail to the king, baby. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Love his one-liners. He was oh, so good yeah. in that. That was just pillow talk, baby. <laughs> yeah i i i watch that every year kind of re- religiously so i i hope I, I think you're right with this team it's really not probably going to go wrong whatsoever ramey and you know everybody involved again yeah so. i think they're going to stay with the practical effects and i i think it's going to be a I think it's going to be a wonderful reunion i can't wait for this movie yeah, that's great. That's great news. That yeah. gives me high hopes. It's, it's, it'll be interesting to see what they actually do call it at the end of the day. If it really is going to be called Army of Darkness Two, I think yeah. it should. Yeah, I, I think it should too. That's what everybody's been calling it. Fuck it. Yeah, let's go back to Evil Dead Four. <laughs> well, honestly, Evil Dead and Evil Dead Evil Dead Two is just a remake of Evil Dead the way that they wanted to do it. 
Right. Yeah. So I've I always th- told myself that maybe Ash had a concussion and just had amnesia, and that's why he allowed himself to do the same shit again. Yeah. Well, I just say, you know what? That's what Sam Raimi wanted to do. Let him do it. Let him make the movie that he wanted to make originally. And, uh, you know, I love both versions. And I just hope – I don't care. Whatever they call this, we're getting Sam Raimi. We're getting Bruce Campbell back together again. It's a, it's a beautiful marriage. So they can do whatever the fuck they want to yeah, do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another thing I wanted to talk about real quick – Update from editor Peter Scaretta. The rap has confirmed that Tim Burton is in talks to direct Michael Keaton in Beetlejuice 2. No Uh, way. It's just talks. Yeah, Beetlejuice 2 is going to be made, but they're looking for a director. Uh, The Guffin Company will produce the sequel with Seth Graham Smith. uh, So it's not guaranteed that he'll direct, but he is in talks, like I said. Now, this is from the rap. 20th Century Fox's fantasy film, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children may not be Burton's next movie. Peter Shernan, Productions Company, is producing the adaptation of Ransom Riggs' best-selling novel. The truth is that Burton hasn't decided what his next movie will be, and while it definitely won't be Beetlejuice 2, his long-rumored interest in a sequel is no more flirt- is no mere flirtation anymore. So hmm. it could happen. Tim Burton could come back and do Beetlejuice 2. What are you guys' thoughts on that? I, I, I'm I looking forward to it. I think I think there's a lot more to be told. Fuck, I used to watch the cartoon, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I think there's a lot more fucking story there. I'm, I I think I want to see Michael Keaton back in that role. I, I, I want to see Michael Keaton in anything. Of course, he's in RoboCop coming up, which I'm looking forward to that. But – Back as Beetlejuice, yeah, and Burton behind the wheel would be fantastic. I'll tell you, I'll tell you this: Tim Burton is really good when it comes to original shit. When it comes I to, yeah, when it comes to making new stuff. Like, wait, okay, excuse me. When it comes to remaking classics, that's where he fucks it up. Yeah. His his vision gets in the way. Yeah, yeah. it's like oh. Okay, okay, we've got Helena Bonham Carter in every fucking movie. Gotcha. Check. <laughs> His wife, yeah. But, you know, it's like when he's doing new stuff, like Edward Scissorhands, when he did that, it was fucking great. Yeah. Uh, you know, when, even the movie Nine. I don't know if you got to watch the uh, CGI animated Nine movie. That was yeah. fucking fantastic. Um, a Big Fish I'd also like to point out. Yeah, Big Fish was fun. I like that. Yeah. It's when he does like the Wonka shit, when he does, uh, you know, Alice in Wonderland. Planet uh, of the Apes. Planet of the Apes. He can take a flying fucking leap because that shit sucks. <laughs> sucks fucking it's, ass. I agree. It's almost like he's a parody of himself when he makes movies like that. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Let's say that in unison next time. Anyway, <laughs> you know, I mean, seriously, though, it's like when he does that, when he does stuff that's new and original, when he puts his twist and his flair into it, it's fantastic. I'll go back and say Pee Wee's, uh, what is it, Pee Wee's Big Adventure? Yeah. That's a fantastic movie. That's a Tim Burton movie. It was great. It's yep. when he's working with talented actors. Fun actors like Michael Keaton doing original scripts and original stories. That's where he's at his best. You know, um, I, I didn't see Frankenweenie, but I heard that's one of his best movies in a long time. Yeah, I didn't see that either, actually. I've seen the original, the black and white live action version. It's the, not the animated. It's the things that he's passionate about, his original visions that he's re- that he really excels in. It's when he tries to, like, take somebody else's vision, like, you know, Wonka and... and uh, 
he did do good in Batman for the time yeah. for 1989. But man, he's he's struck out so many fucking times with like you know like the Wonka shit and and plan like you said Planet of the Apes. I didn't like Alice in Wonderland. I didn't like it either. Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow sucked. Yeah. Yeah. And that should have been fantastic. I mean, you would think, you know, Tim Burton, Sleepy Hollow. No, the no-brainer. The Robert Orsi, uh, Alex Kurtzman fucking Sleepy Hollow on Fox is better than that fucking movie. Absolutely, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I I, want to see him. Beetlejuice was a cool character. I had a lot of fun with that movie, so, yeah, for sure. I I hope they just leave Beetlejuice alone. I don't want Beetlejuice 2. Beetlejuice is one of my favorite movies ever. I think it's more than just Michael Keaton and Tim Burton, too. I think the entire ensemble in that movie really makes that movie. Um, Catherine O'Hara is just fantastic in that movie. Yeah, yeah. She steals the movie for me, you know? Right. Yeah, it's not, and they're, I don't even think they're even, uh, thinking about bringing Winona Ryder back. Yeah, I don't, they should just leave that alone. Part of me, part of me agrees with you. Part of me wants to see new Beetlejuice. Part of me wants to see Michael Keaton back in that role. Yeah. Yeah, I want, I want it left alone. All right. More, uh, let's, let's talk about more tinkering with, uh, movies from our past. We've talked about it in the past ourselves. Ghostbuster 3 teases are back. Dan Aykroyd was quoted as saying, we are very close now to getting it together to start casting and hiring people. Uh, one of those people will not be Bill Murray, who's uh, adamant against reprising his role as Peter Venkman. Now, um, Dan Aykroyd has said that if he wants to return, he will make room for his friend. Aykroyd also goes on to say that he and the older cast aren't even crucial to the new movie. Uh, he says, you don't need anyone from this first one. You don't. It's so strong without it. You get a new generation in there. New plot. Use some of the particle physics. Get a new ecto. You don't need to go back to the past. Hmm. So, I'm so That's sick a- of fucking hearing about Ghostbusters three. <laughs> yeah, that's a bold statement by him. I mean, it really depends on who he's cat or who's being cast. You know, right. I don't know. I if if it's not the right cast, I don't give a shit. I, I just don't think about it. You know, when news comes up, I'm like, yeah, whatever. If they have some kind of solid cast, though, then I definitely consider being excited about it. They need to. They need to. They need to not draw from the original well. They need. To, they need to just reboot it, and they need to reboot it with guys from the fucking uh, This Is the End movie. Exactly. Ackroyd is so like contradicting himself too. If you don't need to go back to the past, then why even write this fucking movie in the first place? It's it's kind of like uh, passing the torch is what he's wanting wanting to do. It, this is uh, a pa- it's a passion project for him, Jake. He wants this movie to happen. Murray doesn't, so it's like one of those things. Like I don't know why he had to bring back the Blues Brothers. I mean, John Belushi, God rest his soul, John Belushi he passed away why bring yeah. back the blues brothers and tarnish that you're never going to live up to that original film see i i don't know i feel like it's all for the money i book blues brothers and ghostbusters i don't think there's this steaming plot line that Ackroyd has to tell before he dies to get off his chest i think Ackroyd just wants to fill his pockets more that could be true yeah, good that- for good for murray for not being involved with this yeah well, I yeah. mean, I, it'd, it'd be nice to know if Murray has read the actual script and honestly feels like this movie's a stinker. Well, I mean, Murray saw Blues Brothers 2000, so what more does he need to do? 
Yeah, that's true. But it, it could, I don't know. Like, it's another one of those things where two and three were kind of okay, you know, and they could have maybe done better with the with the script for that and the writing for that. So I think there's still, you know, something to it. I I don't know. I It just seems weird for this day and age to kind of have a Ghostbusters, you know. Back when we were kids, it, it made sense to kind of have that and – you know, you you had television shows about ghost hunting after that, but then all that's kind of died down. So, well, they're talking about bringing in some of the new science that they're talking about now. Like, what is that? The 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 collider, that particle collider. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're talking about that. You know, like opening up different doorways and things. That's like that. That's interesting. So, that's I mean, fucking interesting. Well, okay, yeah, that's what they're talking about. Is like uh, that's going to be part of the script, and and I mean. I love the Ghostbusters. I love the. Uh, I'd love to see what they could do with. You know, they, they they had the old proton packs and stuff like that. That's fun, dude. I, I miss. I miss that. And I think there are some actors right now that could, you know, take take over. You know, the Ghostbusters and and, and take it to that next level. I mean, like we've talked about, like who we would cast. You know, like you know James Franco could be your Vankman. You know, you've yeah. got you've got you know Bill Hader could be your Egon. Um, you know, uh, you know, what's it? Uh, Danny McBride could be in there as like Lewis Tully, you know, from uh, oh, yeah. R- Rick Moranis's character, but just making. I was thinking Slimer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Rick Moranis. Or Rick Moranis. <laughs> Can you imagine a going green, Danny McBride, slobbering on? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, that is the funniest thing I've heard in a long time. Oh, my. I know. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Danny, Danny McBride is Slimer. <laughs> oh, Jake, yeah, you just made more of an integral, you know, part of the team, like he was in the cartoon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh my god, that was funny. Sorry to interrupt you there. <laughs> no, no, thank you. That's the funniest thing I've heard all week. Holy shit. <laughs> but you know, and like you could have like Kevin Hart as Winston, you know? I mean it would yeah. or Craig Robinson. Um Oh great choices. Yeah. So I mean I think there's a lot that they could do with Ghostbusters. I they don't even need Dan Aykroyd at this point. Um, but I think they honestly, instead of just doing Ghostbusters three, I think they should just reboot it with uh, with a new cast, get some new blood in there. But uh, I agree. That's that's kind of what I'm saying. I think Dan Aykroyd needs Ghostbusters more than Ghostbusters needs Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Good point. Good point, Jake. I, I I think you've kind of got this figured out. It'd just be nice if Dan Aykroyd could get the clue. Yeah. I just yeah. I think you're right. I mean, I think it's the same thing that you know with. Blues Brothers 2000. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't think that story needed to be told. He wasn't doing anyone any favors, you know? I boy, mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a movie I boycotted. I, I, boycott, I boycotted that movie. I also boycotted Wired. <laughs> Do you guys remember that? Do you guys remember Wired? Oh, yeah. I remember. Yeah. I, I also boycotted that. Yeah. I haven't seen it. For good reason. Yeah. Um, so... But um, let's see here. Uh, real quick, I wanted to go over some quick news. IndieWire was, talk- was talking to Roland Emmerich about Independence Day 2, uh, and he revealed that there are two scripts for the movie, one that has Will Smith in it and another that does not. 
I'd say screw it at this point. I mean, if there if it's all hinging on Will Smith returning, I don't think it needs to. I think it, I think there's a cool story to be told with Independence Day, but why why hinge it on that one actor? I don't think they have to. There's a lot of right. cool people I think that would want that role or or a kind of you know as a lead character. I mean, yeah, they've been talking about Michael B. Jordan. Yeah, exactly. He'd be fucking fantastic. Just right. cast him. Fuck Will Smith. I mean, I like Will Smith. Don't get me wrong. I, I I have nothing against him. But if it's all hinging on Will Smith, then then screw it. There's a good story to be told. I think. Yeah. I think the fact that it's not hinging on Will Smith is reason enough to just not worry about it. If the if you're able to write two screenplays, one with him and one without him, either way, it's still Independence Two. Then it doesn't really matter. Right. He's, not integral to the storyline, obviously. Yeah, that's a good point. This is what I think is going to happen. I don't think he's going to be in Independence Day 2. I think what's going to happen is he's going to wait to see, like the studio is waiting to see, what happens with Independence Day 2. Because they said if Independence Day 2 is successful, they will come out with Independence Day 3, which I think would be the final movie. And that would be the return of Will Smith. Right. Yeah. Well, shit. Yeah, you might be right. They've been bouncing all over with what they're going to do with this sequel because for a minute they were going to film two and three back to back. Yeah, right. So yeah, they they don't know what they're doing. Yet they don't know sequel. what they're doing. Yeah, there's yeah. so much backstory to be told. I think it's I th- I think it's a cool thing to keep going. But yeah, don't hinge it on one actor. If but you can't get him, then... it's coming out in the summer of 2015, which is going to be stocked. Yeah, I'm predicting a delay for this movie right now. Yeah, you shouldn't put it out during that time period. <laughs> Jake, that's going to be monumental. Jake is on the fucking ball tonight. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you right there. I'm gonna, you know what? <laughs> I'm gonna agree. I'm gonna agree with you right there. I mean, they don't even know if they got a script with Will Smith in it. They don't know how many sequels they're gonna have. They don't know which screenplay they're gonna use. They haven't cast anything. Nothing. It, yeah, they, this movie's not coming out in 2015. They'll be lucky if they get it out by summer 2016. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Yeah. Jake, you're all over it this week. (laughs) I threw Red Bulls before the show tonight. (laughs) Don't promote Red Bull. (laughs) Sorry. I threw Monstrous before the show tonight. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I do, you know, unlike Independence Day 2, which I wish we had some great news for Independence Day 2, because I think that's a franchise that, like, I mean, they're working with a clean slate with those aliens. I think there's a lot that they could do with those films to make them fantastic. But I think... This is some really good news from Jurassic Park 4. It looks like Josh Brolin is in negotiations with Universal Studios to play a lead role in the upcoming Jurassic Park 4 movie titled Jurassic World. Um, Awesome. But another name that's being tossed around is Idris Elba. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Jurassic World movie news recently. um, They recently reported that a source, quote, who's fairly close to Jurassic World's development, said Elba's name was in the running. And on top of that, as more proof, the website Acting Auditions recently <clears throat> posted a casting notice for Jurassic World, and Idr- Elba's name was on it twice. No shit. <laughs> so we might be seeing a movie that has Josh Brolin and Idris Elba in it. Damn, and they've already, you know, they've already casted uh, Nick Nick Robinson and uh, the kid from Iron Man Three. Um, so I mean, I, 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 everything I'm hearing from Jurassic World, 
it's all positive so far. It, it looks yeah. like, it looks like it's a movie that's moving forward. Um, I'm just hoping that we get a scene in this movie with Idris Elba where he says something like, "Tonight we cancel the apocalypse." <laughs> <laughs> I hope he has a big role in that. That'd, that'd be a great push for him. He he deserves yeah. more high profile roles. Absolutely, I like him a lot, man. I like him a lot. You know, they actually talked about him being uh, the first uh, African American Bond. Yeah, which mm. would be great. They should do that. Hell yeah, hell yeah, he's, dude. He's got the class and the style. Fuck Pacific Rim, dude. I'll be Anyone honest. Hasn't seen that. Yeah, yeah, class and style for hell sure. Hell yeah, dude. If. If they said Idris Elba was the new Bond, I would watch my first Bond movie since Pierce Brosnan. Because no, since Daniel Craig, I watched that. I tried to watch that first movie. Just I, dude, I cannot get into James Bond for some reason. I but, can't either. I yeah. can't either. And I think it really is the actor. But yeah, Elba, fuck. Yeah, for dude. sure, I'd be watching it. Hell yeah, I'm all about it. Oh. Do it, do it. Hey, uh, let's see here. So, yeah, I'm still excited for – we talked about Jurassic Park 4 being formed, uh, filmed in 4D, uh, 3D. We're, 4D? Uh, I wish – well, it's called now, Jurassic – going to be post-converted 4D? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Jurassic Park 4. I confused it with 4D. I have no idea. But um, I'm just uh, – I'm really excited for this movie. I'm really excited. You know, it's like we've seen a lot of superheroes and shit, dude. I'm ready to go back to some dinosaurs. Dawn of Time shit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. What did you guys think of Jurassic Park 3? I enjoyed it. I had a good time. I mean, it wasn't as good as 1 or 2, but yeah. I, I, I thought the story was okay, but it's always bothered me how it felt like the special effects got worse in Jurassic Park 3. Right, the budget. Yeah. I agree. It I seemed, agree. But it, yeah, it seemed really dark. It seemed like they, uh, I don't know. It just didn't seem as like bright and as colorful as Jurassic Park movies. Right. There was more just like thriller level kind of stuff going on rather than you just taking in the fact that you're watching dinosaurs on the screen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah kind of the, all the awe was gone and it was just kind of a hodgepodge mess a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I, this is cool. It's good timing. I mean, everything yeah. about this is is looking up. So yeah, no, I agree. I'm excited too. I yeah. think I think part three was kind of a hiccup, and I think four will get it back on track. Yeah, I, I do too. I think this could be start of another trilogy, and it, and they, it, hopefully they'll do it right this time. Because honestly, out of the trilogy that they have now, I think the first one's the only one that's really performed on a level that has really resonated with audiences. I mean, yeah. I don't think people look back and be like, man, dude, I remember the first time I saw you know, Jurassic Park, The Lost World. That was amazing. <laughs> it's all about the spectacle. I do like the second one a lot, though. I, it got shat on a lot for the last 15 minutes and the T-Rex in New York stuff. Yeah, But I, I think overall it was very good. Yeah, dude, I I still shit on that movie. I don't. I didn't really care for it. it it's it did not resonate with me the, as as the first one. I could tell you honestly, I've seen the first one. I don't know multiple times, like more fingers than I have on my hands. The second one, I've maybe seen it two or three times. It just did. It, it wasn't those movies. One of those movies that I had to go back to and revisit. Yeah, I really like Muldoon's character, the dinosaur poacher character. Yeah, I really liked him a lot. I think um. John Williams' score for that movie is really underrated. He used like over 40 different types of drums and percussion that he all had performed at once for the entire score. Yeah, that's true too. It's an amazing score if you ever watch that movie again. But it was like like the first one for me was like Avatar. Seeing Avatar for the first time, same thing with Jurassic Park where it was like just 
I've never seen anything like that. And just being a huge dino fan, you know, mm-hmm. just from a young age, loving dinosaurs, like, yeah. God, it's just seeing that first time when, when the T-Rex is approaching the car and the water's like uh, rippling because he's, jump, you know, he's walking up to the car. All that shit was fantastic. So when are we going to get mean, a fucking Dino Riders movie? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But they need to fucking do it. Yeah, for sure. I, th- I feel like that's what um, Terra Nova was kind of trying to do. Yeah. But they didn't really pull it off, you know. <laughs> right. Not enough dinosaurs. Yeah. Yeah, that too. All right, Thor, the Dark World director, Alan Taylor, he talked with SlashFilm.com, and he won't confirm or deny that he is going to be working on the 2015 Terminator film. Oh, uh, shit. He says, uh, quote, I'm under the personal policy to say it's a rumor. <laughs> he also went on to say, we all love the first two, and I actually went back and watched them again, and my respect level only went up. I think there is another famous franchise that had a wonderful beginning and then turned a little bananas. Tim Burton's first Batman is just glorious. And by the time it got around to nipples on costumes and all that stuff, it sort of lost its way. And for Nolan to come in and say, I respect this material so much, I'm going to take it up to they, up to here. That's a great inspiration. I think any version, whoever is directing Terminator, would be very respectful and serve the ver- the first two and probably feel a bit more freedom by the end. So he's not confirming that he is going to be making 2015's Terminator film. Um, I-, I think from what I heard there, it sounds like I think he is. I think he is too. Otherwise, why all the, uh, the legal speak and everything? Why even bother? Just right. say no. Right. Yeah, because he's kind of talking about like what he'd like to see in that film he's kind of yeah. saying like you know if i did a terminator film i would approach it like nolan right right and i mean i think they kind of tried to do that with the reboot i think a lot of it kind of fell flat but i enjoyed some of of the the reboot like kyle reese is a young kid you know in in this post-apocalyptic you know world with terminators i i enjoyed that part in some of you know christian bale's performance was pretty cool but i don't think they've done it right yet so that was kind of off and it sounds i mean it kind of sounds like this guy's got the right idea as far as how he wants it to go and what the feel should be um i I, didn't he almost didn't he say even like uh he wouldn't do it without arnold schwarzenegger was that something that you guys saw I don't know if I'm the only one that read that, but first off, I don't think Terminator's Salvation, the last movie, was a reboot. I think it's canon to the original, to the first three movies. Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah. Secondly, um, I think that they had talked about Arnold Schwarzenegger coming back into this movie. Um, It's just the fact of we don't know if he's going to be playing like a T-800 or if he's coming back as like some like other character. You know, like a okay. scientist or some cameo appearance, kind of like when Charlton Heston came back and Planet of the Apes and played an ape. You know, yeah, it, gotcha. it, yeah. It, so I don't know. Um, I hope that man. Part of me is just like, don't fucking reboot it. Just keep the story going. But at the same time, yeah. it's just like, you know, Terminator Three wasn't what I wanted it to be. Terminator Salvation actually was better than i think a lot of people make it out to be i enjoyed it 
But I, can, yeah, I agree, Brian. Can I? I want to speak out real quick. I, I think it's an unfair comparison to compare it to bat nipples. I, I don't think Terminator Three and Salvation were anywhere near the drop off that Batman Three and Four were to Batman One and Two. Amen. Yeah, so I agree. that's a very unfair comparison. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people weren't happy about Salvation. I enjoyed it. I really had a good time with it. I think and, Salvation's very underrated too. I, I Tupperware Salvation. Thank you. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it as well. I had a lot of. I there was a lot of like uh, fist pumping moments, like when you know they did the CGI Arnold. I was like, holy yeah. fuck, that's awesome. I, I loved the idea of sleeper Terminators. Terminators not even knowing they're Terminators. That was a really fun idea and plot point. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, just real quick, announced at New York Comic Con this week, a uh, brand new six-issue miniseries Terminator comic book. Oh, cool. Uh, the book takes place in the 80s, one year after the events of Terminator movie. Uh, the T-800 gets sent back into the past again, this time with a twist, uh, there's no hero from the future to stop him. So there's no Kyle Reese. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> there's nobody telling people in 1985 why the fuck they've got a gun-carrying killer uh, going around killing people. Um, so the series writer Dan Jolly explains that this series will recapture some of the fear of the unknown from the original film, uh, keying in on the horror aspects of the science fiction franchi- franchise, and then Jamal Eigel the artist from Molly Danger, he'll be joining him on art. So just wanted Excellent. to kind of, yeah, just kind of wanted to throw that in there since it is, uh, you know, Terminator news. Is that going to be on uh, Dark Horse or do you know who who's publishing that one? Who does have the Terminator license? I thought it was Dark it Horse. It is Dark Horse. Okay. okay. Yeah. That's awesome. Fuck. Yeah. yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah I just okay. thought I'd get, let you guys know that. Um, but yeah, I hope Alan Taylor gets uh, gets a shot at the Terminator franchise. I'd like to see another Terminator, even if it is a reboot. But yeah, um, yeah, for sure. I wasn't as let down by. I'm like Jake. I wasn't as let down by those last two movies as a lot of people were. So no, yeah, I'd rather see a Terminator Five than a reboot. Right. Uh, let's see here. I don't know where do I want to go now. Let's see. I got tons of news. Marvel news, like out the fucking ass, dude. Tons of Deuce Marvel. Marvel. News. Do you want to jump into some Marvel? Yeah, let's hit it. All right, let's see here. Uh, Marvel, uh, let's see here. All right, here we go. Uh, Thor, The Dark World, it comes out November 8th. We'll be doing an entire show dedicated to this uh, movie, uh, dedicated to The God of Thunder. Uh, But before the movie comes out, I want to give you a few tips to the new film. First off, it's a Marvel film, and unless you live under a rock or we're here – or I don't know. I don't know if you were hit in the head with a rock. You should know that you don't leave after they start rolling the credits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't. I have knowledge that there will be a mid-credits scene and something at the very end of the credits roll as well. So there's a mid-credits scene, and after the credits are done, there's another, another – I guess there's another scene. So that's what I'm hearing. Uh, so stay for the whole fucking thing, okay? It, it still irks the hell out of me hmm. when I'm at a Marvel movie and people start leaving the theater right after they start rolling the credits. Yeah, yeah. It should be it should be like a sign that says "Please stay until the mid or end credits or both." Yeah, it doesn't help when you have ushers 
sweeping around your feet either. <laughs> yeah, right. That's true. You know, I can <laughs> seriously, I can understand if you're if you're at a, uh, if your girlfriend has forced you to watch the latest romance comedy <laughs> and the movie, <laughs> the movie ends. I mean, get the fuck out of there. But I, you know, I get that. But this is a Marvel film. Stick around, dumbass. I mean, there, <laughs> there's usually something that will tie into the next movie that you want to stick around for. Okay. Uh, secondly, the mid credit scene for Thor The Dark World was confirmed to be directed not by Thor The Dark World director Alan Taylor, but is directed by James Gunn, director of Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. Awesome. And I hear it's been getting cheers by preview audiences. But I also hear that Alan Taylor wasn't a big fan of it. <laughs> Interesting, interestingly enough. Yeah. Uh, and most importantly, there is a Stanley ca- Stanley cameo in Thor: The Dark World. So awesome. Okay. And a few weeks ago, we talked about that online petition uh, to get Loki, the God of Mischief, his own solo movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so word of this actually got to Tom Hiddleston, and he was then asked by Collider his thought on a Loki solo film, uh, to which he said, the idea of there being a Loki solo film is such a compliment. I can officially tell you that there is no movement on it. I would have to be, I would have to have a big kind of brainstorm with Kevin Feige about it if it ever came around. I do agree with you that Loki defines himself in opposition to Thor. There is no Thor without Loki. There is no Loki without Thor. This part of his nature is that he defines himself in opposition to other people. But there are also whole narratives in the comics, which are huge fun, where he goes on his own adventures. To be honest, I don't know. There are things I would love to do with him. I would love to see him out of context, on Earth, in the 70s, you know, running a nightclub, playing lots of Rolling Stones. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there are harebrained ideas that I have. So who knows? At the moment, I've made three films with Loki in them. I'm very proud of them. And if it ends there, that's where it ends. Um, on a side note, I just wanted to uh, announce that there is a Loki Agent of Asgard comic that is going to be coming out. Cool. And very cool. It's uh, coming from Al Ewing. Uh, I think it's coming out Jan- wait, January or February. Sometimes spring, maybe maybe spring next year. I can't remember where it's coming out, but it's a new Loki comic book. So awesome! That was it. yeah. And if if you're a fan of Loki, check out Young Avengers as uh w- with young Loki, yeah, kid yeah. Loki, kid Loki, <laughs> kid yeah. Loki, yeah. Fucking fantastic! Really good story, and it's really amping up at this moment. So that's a good series to check out. Um. Black Tree TV asked Marvel Studios president of production Kevin Feige in an interview if there were any plans for a Loki movie, to which he replied, A lot of people are asking about Loki's own movie. That's pretty good. My favorite thing about even being asked the question about Loki is that means it's worked. People respond to Loki. They respond to Hiddleston. One might say he gives Thor a run for his money in this film. Whether he spins off into his own story or not, I don't know. We have no immediate plans for that. I think there are a lot more stories to tell in the Thor universe first. I think, yeah, that, for sure. I honestly, guys, I think what's happened is like Marvel has their movies planned until I think about eight years in the future, and I don't think that they realized what they had with Hiddleston. Right, right. And I don't think they realized it until like this year's Comic Con. He is fucking hot right now, yeah. and agreed. 
I think as far as casting goes, he is second to Robert Downey Jr. in casting as far as superheroes and supervillains. Um, and yeah, I'd even put him up there with Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. You know, I mean, you, they, they hit the nail on the head when they cast him, Hiddleston. I don't think they even knew how, what a great casting job they did when they did it. No, and we didn't know until we saw the movies. Absolutely, I mean, just, absolutely. You're right, you know, Jake. You, you know what I can't stop thinking about? It's just the idea of a mainstream Marvel and or DC villain getting to be the title character in a movie and how that's, that's something we've yet to see at all yet. It would It'll work, be, though. It would work. Yeah, I, I'm this, not saying it won't work. It's just oh, interesting to see if Loki will be the first to do that. And if, if it's a success, then you know, down the line, if, you know, the DC copy would be to do a Joker movie. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Yeah. I think people are uh people are intrigued by Loki and uh I, I think people want to see more Loki. And uh there should be a Loki movie in my opinion. I think Marvel just needs to bite the bullet and say, "You know what? You know, Avengers was a billion dollar uh, 1.5 billion dollar movie. We can afford to do 3 movies in a year." And one of those movies needs to be Loki. And I think that would be another billion-dollar movie, in all honesty. I th- yeah. He's like – he's almost like the perfect anti-hero. You know, like he's so relatable in some ways. You know, I think that's what the appeal of the character is watching, you know, watching how he is in Avengers. You, you kind of understand his motives. At the same time, you disagree with him. He's very, yeah, in that regards, like a very cool anti-hero almost. Like he's not necessarily all evil um, because of his past and his, you know, being a frost giant child and all that stuff. So very interesting and, and a lot to explore. And it, I think it would be really smart on Marvel's part to, you know, explore that a little more. And it's not something, yeah, like it's not something that's been done before, DC or Marvel. Yeah, people yeah. aren't petitioning to have a fucking Namor movie. No. no. People yeah. are petitioning to have a Loki movie. And, I mean, that speaks volumes. Yeah. Such and, a multi-layered character. I agree, Jay. Yeah, and Hiddleston nailed it. I mean, I, I, I was never a huge fan of Loki as a character, like reading the comic books, but... He really played it to, you know, just this, you know, the god of mischief or whatever he is and and playing both sides and saying, like, I have a reason for doing these things. And, you know, that that's what made him likable. Even when Thor is taking taking him away in uh, Avengers, taking him back to Asgard, you still kind of feel for the character because that's how good he fucking plays it. He had a muzzle on. (laughs) You know, he couldn't talk and still you're just like, oh, you know. So yeah, that, that's a great move. I, I hope I hope we see that, but I don't, you know I don't know if they're going to do it or not. Yeah, Marvel they ought to offer him everything they can to keep him in the fold. As, yeah, for sure. As Loki, because he is fantastic. Because there are no plans for Loki after Thor two. You know, the right, dark, right. Yeah, there there are no plans for Loki, and I think that's unfortunate because I think he really uh, speaks to fans. Uh, I mean, seriously, I, I'm a bigger fan of Loki than I am of Thor at this point in the Marvel universe, in, in the Marvel movie universe. Yeah, absolutely. So that's just my, my two cents. I, I would love to see a Loki movie. I think Marvel's kind of stupid if they don't go ahead with one. Yeah. Uh, they, far, know. far more intriguing than Thor is. Mm-hmm. Thor is great, but 
Loki is far more intriguing. Absolutely. I cannot agree with you more. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about Guardians of the Galaxy at this point. Chris Pratt, who's playing Star-Lord, was asked by Axis Hollywood about the character of Rocket Raccoon in the upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy film. He had this to say, I could not be more excited that Bradley Cooper is voicing Rocket Raccoon. It's a great character. It's probably the best character in the movie, just because it's not what you would expect. Um, Rocket Raccoon has been tortured his whole life, and no one else likes him. So he's lonely and he's angry, and it's like there are all these elements to the character. But when actor Michael Rooker, who's playing Yondu in Guardians of the Galaxy, you'll all know Michael Rooker from, you know, he played Merle in um, The Walking Dead. He was asked about Rocket, and he shared a different sentiment, saying, Rocket and I don't get along. He's a bit abrupt and brash for my taste. I probably have a little Merle in me still. Because, <laughs> because I would roast him over an open flame and eat him for supper. <laughs> I, dude, I fucking love Michael Rucker. So I just, yeah. man, you know what? I think that's what The Walking Dead is missing this season. I think it's missing some familiar characters that we really looked forward to in that third season. We kept asking ourselves, oh, I can't wait until they bump into Merle. Um, and I mean, we even had Andrea. A lot of people hated Andrea, and a lot of people hated Lori, but we had them in the third season. I think that's what this fourth season is missing. Even bumping into the guy from the first season. Yeah. Yeah, season. Morgan. Morgan. Yeah. So, But anyway, Guardians of the Galaxy is out in theaters on August 1st, 2014, and I know that if Pop Culture Leftovers is still doing a podcast, we will be reviewing that movie. And oh, yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. And I can't wait to do our Thor review in a couple weeks. Yeah, fucking looking forward to Thor. Epis- Highly anticipating Thor. Absolutely. Uh, episode 28, we'll be doing a Thor review. It'll be all Thor. So, can't wait for it. It might suck, <laughs> but highly anticipating it. I <laughs> Honestly, guys, I don't think this one's going to suck. I think it's going to make that first one look like uh, garbage. God, yeah. it, it, yeah, the previews look so good. The, the trailers do look great. Well, guys, after, you know, honestly, like, uh, Malekith, the villain, is uh, played by Christopher Eccleston, which um, I have had uh, firsthand experience of watching Christopher Eccleston in action as Doctor Who. He was, oh, wow. He yeah. was Doctor Who in that first 2005 season of the uh, reboot. And, uh, you know, I, I'm used to seeing him as Doctor Who, but I can't wait to see him ha- as the villain. I, I, I think he's going to be fantastic. So I think it'll be interesting to see him in that role as Malekith. So can't wait. Can't wait for Doc- – I can't wait to watch um, uh, the new Thor movie. Speaking of Doctor Who, I don't want to go over this news, but Fathom Events, I was talking about them earlier with the Rift Tracks. Yeah, yeah. On November 25th, they are going to be playing the 50th anniversary movie of Doctor Who that features Matt Smith and David Tennant in select Fathom Events theaters in 3D. Oh, shit. <laughs> so I am doing my damnedest to get through all these seasons so I can get caught up so I can watch this movie in 3D. So I am on uh, season four. So hopefully I'll be able to get through season four, five, six, and seven. That way I'll be ready to watch the movie in 3D. And that comes out. It's fathomevents.com. Go there and check it out and see if you have a Fathom Theater in your area. You can watch Doctor Who in 3D on November 25th. So check that out. 
Oh. At the pace you're going, I'm pretty sure you're going to make it, Brian. I hope so, man. I really hope so. Uh, I'm off the next two days, Monday and Tuesday, so I'm going to try to knock out like six episodes each day so I can knock out this next season. I love Doctor Who. Awesome. It's fantastic. Yeah. I, I was talking to you guys before we recorded this episode and telling you guys you need to get in on this. So, yeah, definitely check. I, I'm loving Doctor Who. Um, still enjoying David Tennant. Um, let's see here. I'm going to bring up, I'm going to bring up Iron Man three here, but I'm not going to discuss spoilers. Okay. We all remember Ben Kingsley's, Ben Kingsley's performance in Iron Man three as the Mandarin. And, uh, it was pretty controversial, uh, the decision that they made with the character. So some people loved it. I hated it. And and if you want to find out why, then listen to our Iron Man three podcast. It was episode two of pop culture leftovers. And I apologize, but it's one of our earlier episodes, and it's not as polished uh, as uh, some of our new episodes. But, uh, you know, yeah, I guess you can't polish a turd. But, you know, whatever. Listen to it. It was an interesting episode. But anyway, Sir Ben Kingsley, while doing press for Ender's Game, he admitted to have shot another project for Marvel Studios. Hmm. Uh, he said, it's a secret, it's a secret Marvel project. I'm not allowed to say any more. You're going to have to wait and see. I was with many members of the crew that were involved in Iron Man 3. It was lovely to see them again. It was great to be with this wonderful family. I think they have enormous taste as creative artists. There's nothing lazy or gratuitous about their work. They are at the top of their game and they're great company to keep. So, guys, he has shot another project for Marvel Studios. That means he could be in a future movie, maybe one of the Marvel one-shot episodes like they did with the Avengers uh, yeah. or the you know like the Peggy Carter episode on the Iron Man 3 uh, Blu-ray or maybe the TV angle like Shield. Um so a movie you know, like a one-shot episode or, or like a TV thing. Uh, do you guys have any guesses? I don't even know what to think about that. that yeah. It's hard to really say what I think about that, actually without going into spoiler territory. Fair enough. Fair enough. Maybe we should just wait and see then. I kind of feel like it's going to be TV. I think it might be for S.H.I.E.L.D. You know, I, I don't think they're really going to explore that too much more deeply than they did with Iron Man 3. So... I think he'd be perfect for like the TV thing, but again, it's like, you're going to have to, you know, give a reason why he's there and all that stuff. So I don't know. I guess my question is, is he coming back to play the Mandarin again? Yeah, that, that's the big question is, is it, will it be the Mandarin? Um, Okay. Let's, let's look at the movies that we know that are in production now um, or had been in production. Which movie makes sense for him to be in? Cap 2, Thor, or Guardians of the Galaxy? Or possibly Age of Ultron? I feel like Cap 2 makes the most sense. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think Cap 2 makes any sense. I think... I don't think any of them make any sense. Really. Yeah, I mean, if if they're going to include him, and without spoiling it, then I think maybe, maybe Avengers 2... And kind of exploring more of that character, but I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm with Jay. I'm thinking if anything, it's Age of Ultron, I, and I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why either. Yeah, it's, it, yeah, it wasn't like 
I don't know. But it, it sounds like, like it's already been recorded. Uh, yeah, uh, filmed. yeah, yeah. I mean, could it be something for something so trivial as like a video game voice from Marvel Studios? Ah, interesting. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, kind of very true. Side note. Yeah. And that would be something for Marvel. So I don't know. I guess it's one of those things that we're going to have to wait and see. I don't want to give away spoilers for Iron Man 3 if you haven't seen it. Uh, but uh, it'll be interesting to see what uh, what part he plays in the future of the Marvel Studios universe. So interesting. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm kind of walking a tightrope to try to give how I feel about it myself. So, you know, right. <laughs> yeah, it's a definite yeah. tightrope. <laughs> Let's move on. Um, yeah. At the press junket in London for the premiere of Thor The Dark World, Marvel Studios president of production Kevin Feige, he was quoted by Black Tree TV as saying, in terms of Black Panther, it's absolutely in development. Oh, shit. Mm, when you have something as rich as Wakanda and his back history, and clearly Vibranium's been introduced in the universe already. Right. I don't know when it will be exactly, but we certainly have plans to bring him to life someday. Um, I mean, and guys, there was the Easter egg in Avengers where on the map when Tony was showing all the places he got vibranium, it did show Wakanda. So that right, that's, that's right. fantastic news. So it looks like we will get a Black Panther movie, whether it's Phase 3 or not. Who knows? It could be after Avengers 3, but it looks like we are going to get a Black Panther movie. I love this news. I love this news. I absolutely love it. Yeah, he's he's one of my fave. Like I love Batman, but Black Panther's kind of my Marvel version of Batman oh, almost. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, he's a little bit different. There's there's definitely some differences, but I feel like I feel like they're going to introduce him in in Avengers 2. But you never know. I mean, with the way they're going with like Doctor Strange and that with possibly phase three and mm-hmm. you know they, they still need to like really get the ant-man story in there so maybe he won't be but he's crucial he's crucial to the right. whole to the whole thing as far as cinematic universe goes i think who directed okay i i want them to portray wakanda as how they are in the comics i mean wakanda is this nation not only it's like it's an african uh nation but you know it's an Af- it's a strong african nation that's never been conquered they never have had any slaves in wakanda no slaves were taken from wakanda right i who directed uh apocalypto the mel gibson movie mel gibson directed it damn <laughs> yeah, let's not do that i know but you know what god darn it i mean that you're right you i mean you're right yeah that's that's the kind of like i i would kind of love that feel to uh, a Black Panther movie, at least in the beginning when they talk about Wakanda. And, um, you know, I mean, I want them to, I want, you know, that's how I want Wakanda introduced, as a, str- as a strong tribe, you know, where they persevere and, and, and they have the technology and things like that, you know. But, um, and I want Black Panther to be, like Jay said, like, you know, kind of like a, kind of like a Batman in a way, you know, this dark character. Um, but man, I, that's, that's great news that they're going to do a, uh, a Black Panther movie in the future that it is in the works. Yeah. He's such, he's crucial. I mean, I, you've got to have him in the Marvel cinematic universe or, you know, even if you're doing the cartoons, I think 
God dang, he's such a strong character, especially like with the Marvel uh, Illuminati's. I know oh, you're God. reading New Avengers, yeah. Brian. Are you yeah. reading New Avengers? Not right now. No. Damn it, read New Avengers. <laughs> yeah, but New Avengers is so cool, and and how they portray him um, as this stoic kind of you know leader, but at the mm-hmm. same time, you know he knows what it's like when the shit hits the fan. He's mm-hmm. a really cool character, and he didn't even want to be part of the Illuminati at the beginning. I mean, no, no, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, he actually turned down being a part of the Illuminati. I think uh, Professor X was uh, the one of the original members, and and since in you know, uh, if you haven't been reading uh, you know comics in a while, Professor X is dead now. Black Panther did agree to join the Illuminati, which is now made up of uh, Tony Stark, um, the Beast, Black Bolt, who Reed, yeah, Reed Richards. And uh, Black Panther. Yep. And, uh, yeah. It, Iron Man. Iron, yeah, Tony Stark, Iron Man. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's fantastic. So I can't wait to see uh, him introduced and then hopefully just join up with the Avengers. I mean, I just want to keep this. They've done the expanded universe so good um, that I just want to see them take all these characters. And event, eventually, by Avengers 3, I want to see them all come together in a movie just like – one huge spectacular event. And I think that's kind of what they were showing in some of the Captain America Winter Soldier trailers was that they were definitely tracking all these people that had extraordinary abilities. So I yeah, I think they'd be fully aware of that, you know, and how that plays out between them and Shields a different story, but that's a cool way to introduce these characters. It's almost like with X-Men and you know we're finding all these new mutants it's kind of the same thing we're finding all these new superheroes and you know what's going on in wakanda you know obviously it was easter egged and hinted at so god he's he's the perfect new character i think to introduce as far as avengers go you know bring that guy in yeah asap right and then you know of course we know we're going to be getting ant-man did you guys hear about the ant-man rumors no Okay. Well, apparently last week we said that, you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt denied in uh, these uh, – at a uh, press junket in, uh, you know, France that, yeah, he, that he had been contacted by Marvel to certain right. outlets. Well, to other outlets, he admitted that he was in discussions. So they are now pe- – people are saying that what is happening is that there might be two different versions of Ant-Man. So we might be getting um, Paul Rudd as the original Hank Pym. And then Scott Lang might be Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Wow. I've heard rumors that there were going to be all three Ant-Man in this movie. I've heard that as well. Yeah, That's fucking crazy. Well, <laughs> you know, you've got Scott Lang who stole the Ant-Man technology. Right, so right. that might be Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who might be starting out as the anti-hero, but then later on becomes, you know, he is the hero, and he uh, is the one that actually becomes Ant-Man in the Marvel uh, universe. So I don't know what's going to happen with that. I don't know what to believe at this point, but uh, it, it sounds like discussions have been made. So I, we may have been wrong last week when we reported that, you know, uh, he said that, no, he's not involved. It, that may not be the point. That may not be the case. It may be the case that, you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt might be actually in talks 
to Marvel Studios to be Ant-Man. Crazy. I, I, I'd still personally like to see more of Hank Pym. You know, that's that's the Ant-Man I grew up on. So I, I want to see more of Hank Pym's character. But I understand if they're trying to, like, progressive forward and, and have Scott Lang's Ant-Man. Yeah, it's crazy that they might have Eric O'Grady also, though. That's a little bit of an overkill. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you don't need all of it. But for, like, the first movie or two, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. They haven't even cast Ant-Man yet, so, I mean, they should be doing that, I'd say, within the next month or two. They really need to because they're going to start filming soon. Right, right. Yeah, they need to get on that. They need to make Ant-Man, like, Hank Pym toys where they're, like, those little capsules that you put in hot water and they get bigger. You know what I'm talking <laughs> yeah. about? Like Shrinky Dinks? Yeah, it's like the little toy that, that grows in size when it gets the water in it. Right. It's a great tie-in. <laughs> Uh, Kevin Feige was really busy this last week. Um, there's updates on James Spader's Ultron from Kevin Feige. He was asked by HuffPo what exactly they are looking for with Spader's casting as Ultron for Avengers 2. He said, well, I think it will be more than a voice role. We'll be capturing his face and his body to create a whole performance. He's a very He's very unique and incredibly exciting and unpredictable actor. And Ultron in the comics is a robot, but what's cool about him in the comics, and certainly how Joss Whedon is interpreting him for the movie, is that he is much more than just a robot. That he's infused with much character. And I don't want to say too much, but you can imagine James Spader will be very dynamic in his portrayal of this character. So, Jake, uh, I remember in a previous episode, this is what you said. You know, like, are they going to use, like, are they going to be capturing his face? And I I thought that, no, they wouldn't be. They'd just be using his voice. It sounds like you're right. Like, you're on the right track. Yeah, I think that's what makes Ultron scary is the fact that he's more than a robot and he's so unpredictable. And we really don't know how much human emotion he has or is capable of. You know, you just see those glowing red lights and then there's more behind it than just pure artificial intelligence that's what makes the character scary you know it's very scary it's like a homicidal robot yeah yeah sociopathic homicidal psychopathic right you know some a robot trying to become human fucking spader i think is perfect for that yeah i think it might be the marvel movie versus scariest villain by far oh yeah i think you can pull it off too i mean i just you know just growing up with him in like a lot of the 80s movies that I saw he's kind of a creep <laughs> yeah it's very oh, different yeah. from Loki you know as, as great as Loki is I mean we all you you love him because you relate with them and there's there's humor in his performance and I don't think there's going to be very much humor in uh, James Spader's Ultron performance I think it's going to be very creepy yeah. yeah absolutely creepy is a perfect word to describe Ultron and James Spader <laughs> yep <laughs> yeah I for agree. sure <laughs> Yeah, let's leave Ultron out of this. James Spader, you're a creepy motherfucker. I think it's a good. <laughs> yeah, it's a good move. I think it really utilizes the actor. I think I think he is a fucking creeper, and I I think he's going to do really well. Yeah. yeah when they first dropped that news, I had a hard time really even relating with it. But the the more I've sat on it, the more I can really understand what they were doing with that. Yeah, yeah. he is very robotic, and uh, yeah, my girlfriend's calling back. Hello. <laughs> Let's get her on. Second appearance. <laughs> Hold on. Let's get her on here. Hello? Hey, honey. I'm still recording. Ask her what she thinks about Spader. Hold on. <laughs> what, hon?
All right, I'll call you back, okay? All right, love you. Bye. Okay. It's a sweet little pop culture leftovers moment there. <laughs> All right, Shit, but Jay, you're out of tissues. <laughs> Uh, I hope that's not a masturbation joke. No, no okay. I mean, you're the last person I'm masturbating to. Oh, no, no offense. <laughs> no offense taken. Um, <laughs> Movies. dot com uh, also asked uh, Kevin Feige about Doctor Strange. Oh uh, shit! To which he said, "Doc Strange, as I've been saying for years, is a movie I believe we should make. We're just figuring out how to make it a great movie." It is in active development right now. Whether that's one of the movies we announced for 2016 or 2017, we have to see. I think it'll be the middle of next year before we announce officially what the post-Ant-Man films will be. So, yeah, of course, that means San Diego Comic-Con next year, 2014, is going to be when they're going to announce these movies. So we're not going to hear anything before then, um, just rumors. But... Um, what do you guys think? I, I mean, I would love to see a Doctor Strange movie. I think it's the time. I, I wish they would have announced a Doctor Strange movie before we knew Scarlet Witch was coming into the scene, honestly. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it takes kind of the heat off of it, but I think Doctor Strange is probably probably the next logical progression, even if you've got you know Scarlet Witch. I think that opens up a whole other realm and you have a really cool character that you know is is as relatable as like Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man, where you really latch on, and you've got this really witty, smart you know guy that's in this whole other realm of existence, which again you know opens up this whole other realm for Marvel and, and the film universe. And I, I think they have to. You know, you're going to go celestial with Guardians of the Galaxy and, you know, with with some of Thanos and Thanos and all that stuff. But I think this opens up the whole other side of it, which I think it, it's definitely necessary. He's he's such an intriguing character. He's he's very just you, you never know what strange comic book, you know, issue to issue what's going to be happening. And I think that's going to be the same thing. Yeah, and we don't really know how much magic we're going to get from Scarlet Witch in the Avengers 2 either. You know, they, it could just be very limited. Yeah, that's true. Well, I think if she has anything to do with Ultron being created, I think that's a lot of magic right there. Yeah. I mean, they could just keep it to her improbability hexes, though. Yeah, yeah that's true. And just true. focus on that being it, you know? That's true. Um, I just wish that our first introduction to magic would have been Doctor Strange. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, realistically, our first introduction to magic is kind of Thor already, right? Yeah, true. Asgard, Asgard, absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you've got the Asgard. Yeah, so I think Doctor Strange would be a good. Yeah, he he would be like a good um, heroic character to Loki's character. That's why it kind of sucks that we don't know what you know Loki's character is going to be later on. You know. Yeah, yeah but I, mm-hmm, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, and it'll be fun to see like Iron Man and Doctor Strange interact just as much fun as it is to see Iron Man and Thor interact where yeah. they, they don't relate with science each other's powers. Yeah. yeah, science, magic, mythology. Yeah, fucking fantastic. Yeah, but I mean that's going to be phase three for all we know. That, it has yeah. to be phase three. Right. If we're going to even see Doctor Strange. Well, I think too like after Ant-Man who's kind of similar almost to Tony Stark in some ways, you know, you – you would have a cool interplay too with with Doctor Strange. I think it'd be a good way to introduce Black Panther too, because there's almost like a mystical kind of 
kind of element about Black Panther as well. Yeah. I agree with you, Jay, about switching it up. I mean, very much like they're doing with Guardians of the Galaxy after Captain America. It yeah, just, yeah. Tonally, just keep switching it up every movie. Right. Oh yeah, they have to. I, I love that. The the that's what Marvel's doing right. Is like each movie is tonally different. Even like you can tell, even just from the trailers of watching like the original Cap, like Jay said, the original Cap to the Cap to Winter Soldier. Tonally, those movies are totally different. Yeah. Yeah, and same with Thor. Even I think like from the first movie, it's it's got like it reminds me of, like Lord of the Rings and the right. expansiveness of what they're trying to tell now. I didn't and really, really delving into it. I didn't really care for how Asgard looked in the first one. It looked like too magical, and it looked like it looked like the Emerald City from you know Wizard of Oz. And now it looks yeah. like a little <laughs> bit darker and more aged, and I really appreciate that. You know, and uh, I think it's going to be. I think Thor two is going to be fantastic, but I think it's so hard for me to. I think okay, honestly, I think I'm looking most forward to Guardians of the Galaxy, second Cap, then third Thor. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I, I agree with that too. I mean, unless we count Avengers two. Well, yeah, I'm just talking about like the the new main movies. You know, of course, Avengers two. I'm I'm wanting to see that most of all, but I think all these films are going to play a part in it. And I think even uh, when I I didn't even see how Iron Man three was going to play a part in Avengers two, but now that I'm hearing the rumors about you know Ultron and things like that, I think I think even Iron Man three is going to play its part in these movies. I think all of these movies are going to play a big part in Avengers two and set the tone for that movie. Okay, all right. All right. Sorry about that, guys. We had some a uh, little bit of difficulty. Trying- Trying to reach each other. So, are you guys still there? Phone home. (laughs) No shit, dude. All right. I'm glad to have you guys back. Let me try to find my notes. Where the fuck were we? I have no. I have. Are you guys there? Hey, it looks like we're having some technical difficulties. I can't get Jay and Jake back on. But, uh, you know, whatever. Who needs them? Uh, Just kidding. I'm just going to finish the show here myself. So uh, it was great having those guys on while we had them. But um, let's see here. I just wanted to talk a couple things real quick. Kevin Feige, they also, uh, he was also asked about the possibility of a solo film featuring a female character. And he said, good question. I don't know what they're doing or what they're planning. I know we have numerous exciting female heroes, whether none of them are currently slated. Some of them are in development. Frankly, you can look at what Jane Foster does in Thor The Dark World, look at Pepper Potts literally saving the day and defeating the bad guy in Iron Man 3, and I'd say we already have a great female, we already have great female heroes that are showcased and play major roles in our universe now. Captain America the Winter Soldier, as you will see, features Black Black Widow in her biggest role yet in any of our films. In terms of a solo standalone female hero, I'm not sure when that will be. We make two movies a year. We've planned through 2015, and we have some ideas of what we're doing in 2016 and 2017. So we'll see what happens. I'm personally hoping to see a uh, Captain Marvel featuring Carol, the character Cam- Carol Danvers, um, you know, so hopefully that'll happen for us. Um, Kevin Feige also sat down with Screen Rant and may have given away ultimately where the studio is going with the Avengers film saying, well, I don't know that I will spell it out cl- that clearly necessarily, but certainly fans of the comics could surmise that all of this is leading somewhere. 
that Josh's decision to have Thanos turn around and smile for the audience at the end of Avengers, our reveal, was always the plan. So what he says here, in my opinion, but certainly fans of the comics could surmise that all this is leading somewhere, is this has to mean the Infinity Gauntlet. So he also talked about certain MacGuffins in Avengers and a big one in Thor 2 that then ties into Guardians of the Galaxy. And a MacGuffin is something like an object or a weapon that people are fighting over. It's mostly used in the Indiana Jones movies. Uh, Feige had this to say about the MacGuffin in the Avengers universe. And where it goes from there, we'll see. But yes, the MacGuffin of the Guardians certainly plays into MacGuffins of the past. So I don't think we'll get into specifics about the Infinity Gauntlet if you haven't read the Jim Starlin, George Perez event, because I'm sure some of it will be used in the movie, but not uh, beat for beat. But I just don't want to give away too much, too many spoilers for listeners that just don't read the comics. So, But I think that's where it's going to. I think we're going to see the Infinity Gauntlet played out in uh, either Avengers, at the end of Avengers 2, and then beginning with Avengers 3. Last thing I did want to talk about um, had a little bit to do with... Um, let's see here. Where are we? Stan Lee. He was at uh, Wizard World Nashville Comic Con and talked about what an awesome idea it would be to give him a cameo role in Zack Snyder's Superman versus Batman movie. He said... I'll show you why DC isn't so smart. If I were the head of DC, I would contact me and say, how about doing a cameo in the next Superman movie? Can you imagine? Nobody would believe it. Everybody would go see it. He's on to something. I mean, if I heard Stan Lee was going to be in a DC movie, I would definitely be there. I'm going to be there anyway. But if I was just like a, uh, if I wasn't a huge DC fan, I was just a Marvel fan, and I heard that Stan Lee was going to be in the DC movie, I would definitely check it out. So, yeah, hey, Stan might be on something. Stanley in a DC movie, talk about a crossover, that's pretty awesome. So I think DC, if they were smart, they should do it. Stan's pretty much said, hey, I'm down for it, I'd do it. So, um, hey, hey, we'll go, hey, guys, we're going to see you guys next week. We'll be back. We're going to do a show next week. I don't know what it's going to be about next week, but whatever. Uh, Ender's, Game, Ender's Game comes out. Maybe one of us will see it talk about it, whatever, but we're, we're sure to do a show next week. Remember the contest that we have going on. So uh, I did talk about that earlier in the episode. If you want to send a submission uh, to have our new end of the show catchphrase, send uh, your submission to popcultureleftovers at gmail.com with the subject catchphrase, and the winner will be announced on episode 30. It's been fun as always. Uh, I'm Brian for Jake. Jay, this is Pop Culture Leftovers. We'll see you next week. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. 
And as always, check out our website, www.popcultureleftovers.com. We've got great articles there. Comic reviews, movie reviews, television reviews. It's awesome. Check it out. And if you're interested in writing for the site, uh, we definitely need more writers. So send an email to domesticateddave at gmail.com. And if David Griffin likes what he reads, he'll get in contact with you. And you can be part of the team. Remember, this is a non-paying gig, but it's a really cool way to have your voice heard. And we'd love to read your submissions. So get in contact with David. And thank you. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's face it. Can't erase it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carryover, counterculture, pushovers. Pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids. What's to say's already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. That are original and good Have already been done before So we should Separate the wheat from the shaft And we're the shaft The crap Even though we're the shit Woo! We're the leftovers Picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Good it, toss it, good it, taste it Do we love it? Hey, let's face it Can't erase it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over Like a vulture carryover Counterculture pushover Pop culture Leftovers And with the uncool kids What's to say's already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carryover, counterculture, pushovers, pop culture, leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said, leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this, pop culture, leftovers. Hey, two twinks. Uh, <laughs> two twinks. Sharknado. Yeah, Sharknado. Did you watch it? No, I wish. <laughs> you can get that shit on Blu-ray now, I saw, the last time I was at Best Buy. It said Redbox. Mm. Yeah, nice. Yeah, uh, girlfriend, she rented it, and she's like, I've got Sharknado, we'll watch it tonight. And I was like, okay, cool. And we watched it, and she hated it. <laughs> <laughs> she, no, uh, <laughs> she, she absolutely hated it. She's like, this is horrible. So, yeah. Uh, Craig Clifton, he asked us a question. I wish we would have answered it last show, but it was one of those things. It, it made my notes, but it didn't make it to uh, my final notepad, unfortunately. Uh, last week, we talked about The Walking Dead Season 4 premiere, and listener Craig Clifton had a question for us. He says, uh, I'll ask again about The Walking Dead. Can you guys give us your predictions on who from the main cast you think won't walk away human from this season? Oh, wow. He says... He he's had a few guesses. I know Herschel was in there, and and uh, but he wants to know who do we think we don't think is going to walk away from the season. Jesus. Um. Yeah. I mean, honestly, Herschel was kind of my first choice, 
But now that they're doing the, I don't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't seen it. There's something going on with Herschel. I, I don't know. It seems like they're going to kind of keep him around for a while. Um, I don't know. There's really not anyone that's standing out like right away after this first episode. Um, I, I sure as hell want it to be Carl, um, but it's probably not going to be Carl. Um, you want Carl gonna, to die? I want Carl to be a zombie. Yeah. <laughs> Go Jay. I'm tired of his lip. <laughs> oh man, I fucking love Carl now. He's he's not going anywhere, so we don't have to worry about that. Uh, um, Carl's fuck, a badass I, in the comics, and he's becoming a badass on the show. Well, you know what? I love I, I do love him in the comics. I'm, I I don't want to yeah confuse anybody, but I do I do like him in the comics. I don't like him so much in the show. He seems you know kind of I don't know kind of that kid. You're, pissed off every time he says something but maybe that's just because i'm an asshole i don't know uh, <laughs> but yeah as far as who's gonna die i don't i don't know i don't think anyone's really struck me yet this this first episode i don't know yeah I, i'm not sure is this the season maybe dara will finally die mm. i don't know that would, that would be rough. Yeah. I don't think they're ready to kill him off yet. If they if they kill J- Daryl, it's just for shock value, and then they're waiting to hear like the outrage from fans. It's just going to blow up the internet. That's all it's going to do. Yeah, and you know, I'd say I'd say the most reasonable choice that I have at this juncture would be Glenn. Um, I think there's been a buildup of Glenn's character. He's going to go one or two ways. He's going to kind of. Uh, be more like his comic book uh, persona is, or they're going to kill him off. That would be to me the most reasonable. Um, I'm just I'm gonna say if I had to guess, I'm just gonna say Herschel. So yeah, I mean, I guess I don't know. I, I think season the last season, I kind of thought maybe Herschel was on his way out, but I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they the reason. Is, go yeah, ahead. go ahead. Uh, the the reason I'm saying Herschel is because like we okay we've watched the kids not react to people dying and you know like Zach died and Beth didn't react and and you know Lori died and you know Carl didn't really react so I think like if anybody is going to if if we're gonna see anybody react to a death you know I if Herschel dies I think we're gonna get a reaction out of Beth I think it's gonna force its way through and that'll be that moment that emotional moment you know. So that's just my that's just my prediction. Is it's just, so, go ahead. I mean, do you, do you almost think that it's almost like foreshadowing that they showed her being so unemotional? Well, yeah, think, I th- yeah, I do. Yeah, I think it's okay. it's either they're. I think we're either looking at a Herschel death or or a Maggie death. Right. Okay. Although she did hug Daryl on her way out. Sure. So, sure. <laughs> yeah. But I, but I, she wasn't. It wasn't because she she, she was comforting Daryl. She wasn't. She wasn't looking for comfort, and yeah, so Daryl needed the hug. Right, right, yeah, right. So I think a death of a Maggie death or a Herschel death is going to force her to deal with her feelings, as opposed right. to just putting up this guard that she has been doing. True, true, and also a Maggie death would set up Glenn to be more than he is now. You know what I mean. Right. Well, I think she's made him more than he has been. She's made him a stronger man here. Already, yeah. Yeah. But they could take it to the next level. Um, Man, they might. You know, it would be a cool storyline. I don't know. But, you know, like Glenn in the first 
couple seasons before you know him and Maggie were really an item, she, he, they would have him do these crazy things, go on these crazy runs all the time, and then she finally just said, you know, you know, you do all these crazy things for them, and and you know they don't really respect you. Yeah, and so he's finally getting respect now, um, and I think a lot of that has to do with her building him up. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, that's true. He, I, and he really did kind of even in this first episode have more, I don't know, kind of making decisions and towards the last uh, end of last season, really making making decisions for the group. Sure. Uh, when Rick wasn't there because because of her in his life, because of her being in his life. So, right. Yeah. And, you know, he's part of the council now, too. So, right. Uh, so I hope that answered your question, Craig. Um, you know, I, I guess. We all have – of course we don't want to see anybody die except Jay wants to see Carl take it. But <laughs> Yeah, go Jay. What is everybody's problem with Carl? Yeah, he was, he was a little – Hey, dad. No, he, he's not even like that anymore. He was like – he was a little pussy the first two seasons. But holy shit, dude. He gunned dude down in cold blood last season and he told his dad what's up. He's I like, didn't like his attitude. That's all. he's i don't know if dude i don't know if it's carl he's the only one that's figured this fucking thing out if you ask me i i got you yeah okay yeah okay as a character yes he's the only one as an actor i'm i think i'm more like the actor you guys are cutting in and out let's hang up yeah that's what happened the whole time okay let's i'm gonna stop and i'm gonna call you back okay Okay. (laughs) 